Uh, you missed the first hour. We'll just start ex- with that. <laughs> exactly, and it was great. We're gonna try and <laughs> make the. We're gonna try to make the podcast great again. Yeah, exactly. Let's make podcasting great again. Uh, joining Michael and I in the studio today, Mr. Payson McKelvin, back. Um, back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't remember. Was it episode thirty six? I have no fucking clue. Yeah. Anyway, so. That's about right. You know, something like that, because I, I, I feel like Rebecca was 37 mm. for some reason. Anyway, um, you were sick. Mm. It was mid-race. Yeah. Or had had the stage race. It was mid. It was the, uh, it was the Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah. In between the two, mm-hmm. sta- or the two opening stages, the RPI. And the, yeah. and I wouldn't the, have the sounded final. nearly as happy as I did. I was excited uh, to be on the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and we were com- kind of lost with. I mean, it's always a little bit, you know, it's unusual. And I'm, I wonder sometimes, do you find that? Uh, you start talking to someone that you don't know. Mm. Like first, it takes an hour at least mm-hmm. to yeah. kind of feel the way. And then we didn't really have that. Right. Yeah, it was kind so, of right into I, it. Huh? Yeah. One thing I do like about podcasting, though, and um, we were just talking before we started recording about one of the more recent ones that I recorded uh, was with Lindsay Dyer, the skier. She and I were talking about how so she has a podcast also, like everyone does, and <laughs> yeah, their brother. Sure. It would yeah. seem. But um, we were. But will she have a podcast a year from now? Yes. Okay. It's been. I think it's been three years strong. Oh wow. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Sorry, I doubted because <laughs> <laughs> I because that is a thing. Is everybody it's so st- much more work than people think? It is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, <laughs> I was thinking about this earlier. Also podcasting is it's a it's a catchphrase that i think can be a, somewhat of a a trigger phrase depending on someone's perspective but all it is is a distribution method yes it it what we're doing is conversing mm-hmm. and sharing ideas and the podcast is how you're distributing those conversations so it's funny to me that that some people hate on podcasts or the idea of a podcast. I'm like, really? You you hate sharing ideas and you hate having meaningful conversations with people? Huh. Just in that <laughs> medium, they hate that. Right, right. They they think they don't like it. My philosophy is everyone loves podcasts. They just haven't found their right one, maybe. Yeah, I think for sure. And if you <laughs> haven't, I would suggest... I don't, there's two of them. S-Town yeah. is... By, like, if you haven't listened to that, that is ultimately one of the most entertaining and mind-altering mediums that you've ever listened to yeah. that and i i think serial is worth it too mm-hmm. uh, to the best podcasts that i've ever listened yeah. to there, there's obviously those are like the mainstream ones but yeah yeah they sell me on the format for sure you can see like at the highest level what it can be yeah right, right. Mm. anyway Lindsay and i were talking about how we were complete strangers before we did our podcast together mm. and it's this wonderful excuse to um get to know someone basically walk up to a stranger who likely has some level of success and say, Hey, we have an hour to get to know each other really well. Let's go. 
and all of the inhibitions that typically are associated with meeting someone for the first time just go out the window yeah. for whatever reason. So for that reason, it's really fun and that's, enjoyable. That's pretty cool. It's like just start the countdown yeah. clock and yeah, yeah. okay. The last 15 minutes of this podcast are going to be really good. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, how do, you, how do you choose your guests? I mean, obviously, they're like high performance in most cases, but do you have like a criterion or is it just kind of like people that you might know through Criteria. other people? Exposure? I'm just going to be that guy. Criteria. Oh, sorry. Do yeah. you have criteria? I appreciate too much that, bike though. racing. I appreciate that. <laughs> that was a fun Freudian sleep, yeah. slip for bike racers. Yeah. yeah. Um, my, I'm still holding a grudge, if you couldn't tell. My, my repression is in bike racing. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, some of the best advice I got, I, I think is don't worry. And this is podcasting or anytime you're creating something, try not to worry too much about who you think your audience is or what you think your audience wants. Mm. Focus on what you want to do, what you want to know, mm-hmm. what you want to learn. Mm-hmm. That's the only way that it's going to be genuine. And if you start making decisions based off of assumptions, about who your audience is or who they might be interested in, it's not going to be genuine and thus the quality will go down. Mm. So I pick my guests in some, I mean, it's a pretty selfish project in some ways. I talk to the people I want to talk to. Awesome. I talk to the people that I want to learn from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They don't have to be famous. Yeah. A lot of them are because I'm inspired by their accomplishments. But Mm -hmm. um, one of the ones that I'm most looking forward to is uh, one with my dad. Nice. Um, he's hands down one of the most impressive people I know, and he's touched a lot of people's lives. But I mean, he's not Reggie Miller, who was my first episode in terms of notoriety. That's, yeah, yeah. Which is part and, and it's pretty serious first episode. <laughs> when I went down to um, for our first <clears throat> conversation. Uh, well, no, I guess at first a conversation for you. I listened van. to the Reggie Miller, and I'm just trying to imagine like a six foot ten inch dude on a mountain bike. Mm. Like that was the thing that I mean, super cool conversation, and mm. I remember all of those years, the Pacers, mm-hmm. um, and but I'm just like, oh wow, that's a <laughs> lot of man mm. on something that a four foot nine inch, like a uh, like also a five foot tall person can ride a mountain. Like it's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just tough to wrap my ten. Is that that's it, right? Six. Uh, I think he's uh, or six, six eight. eight or okay. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, <laughs> like once it's over human. six six, it's just like you're up there. Yeah. So <laughs> I lose perspective. You know that. Yeah. yeah. So a person who's like five foot ten and can ride a twenty nine er. Mm-hmm. You're six eight. Is there a thirty one er? Or is like <laughs> what is what are you coming? Like? <laughs> yeah. Really? I th- or, I think big uh, wheels bigger? are coming. Yeah. Big wheels. No, I'm, I'm, I don't. I don't know how soon, but um, as when will the penny farthing come back? Is what <laughs> <I'm thinking laughs> if you follow Tim Johnson on Instagram, you'll see him riding one oh, no yesterday way. and today. <laughs> Jesus, um, powerful. All right. Is okay. Right? Do they have to use the step to get up there? Like, do they have the uh, for the penny farthing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, how do you mount and dismount from a horse? Do you like get off of your these... horse onto your bike, or like, <laughs> the they're the same height? <laughs> I think there's these little pegs on the back. Okay, okay. Sort of vault. I'm not really, I'm not really sure though. Because like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you see people on them, and they're like, "Fuck!" If you deck from there, mm-hmm. I think like, the harder part is getting on it rather than actually riding it. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then, so. th- then like coming to your destination. Right. 
It's yeah. not like a bike you're going. Gro- you're doing errands <laughs> on, probably. You have to plan ahead when you want to stop and get off. <laughs> yeah, do you have dock height at your grocery store? To, like, <laughs> to, like, Back just, up to where the semis are. <laughs> but no one would. You could leave it. You could probably leave that unlocked outside of just about any building. <laughs> no one, could, no one would fucking well, steal They're made it. out of iron, aren't they? Like, like, just like, actually, no. They're made out of lead because they didn't know. <laughs> they just yeah. while you ride this ridiculous contraption, you are also being poisoned. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the ultimate bike ride experience. Oh, <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, so that I we don't. Uh, I think we come at it the same way. We usually just talk about shit that we want to talk about, and usually, whenever it becomes convenient to talk to somebody, we're like, yeah, yeah let's talk to that person. Yeah, totally. Because yeah. we're not, you know, forcing issues. I think. Yeah, sometimes when I travel, yeah. I take the mobile kit with me specifically like alex hutchinson so santa fe like i gotta talk to that guy yeah you know yeah i'm going to tempe or phoenix whatever i'm going to talk to brian enos Um, y'all have been doing this longer than i have but some of the i'd be curious to hear whether you've come to it sounds like we have some similar conclusions Mm but um my motivation and and a i think the less i say the more successful it is often. Ah, yeah. Um, two, I'm going, I'm being that person. A, two, C. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Give me the hack, please. Oh, my, yeah, yeah. What's um, the, <laughs> what hacks have you figured out from this? Um, <laughs> I do write down notes, but the sooner my notebook closes, the better. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, generally speaking, that person is known for a thing. The less we talk about that thing, the better. Fuck yeah. Because yeah. they, like, if they're famous, that story has been told a gazillion yeah. times. And it's pre prepared. Yes. Right. So like, much it's so. already packaged. Yeah. I think you're right. A lot of those and things. That was the unfor- one of the unfortunate mm-hmm. things. Kristen, I'm calling you out with, um, mm-hmm. with Kristen, was that she had been on so many podcasts to promote the book that if we accidentally answered a, or asked a question that somehow could be yep. tied to the book, she was. Yeah, she had just Bring in the back. habit of and like the voice changes steering. like you can yeah. tell immediately yeah. when they're going into press conference mode exactly yeah. and I was just like alright yeah. she's coming back and yeah. um, I don't know a bottle of wine I don't know what it would take some, some to find the old Kristen some I'm things just, that'll oh, add okay. to your list um, yes please late at night tends to be better yes the podcast I did last night Checked all the boxes. Okay. okay. We went to a rosé party. <laughs> we went to a rosé party. And we were like... Were they playing boule? <laughs> no, no, no French no ball. No, 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 no French close, game though. with steel balls. Close, okay. close. Cornhole? Yeah. Cornhole. So no, I think it was bocce ball, actually. But, okay. Um, yeah, so we went to this rosé party and we're like, God damn, we still haven't done that podcast. And it was like 1030 at night. It's time. We're like, I think this is the perfect time. Yeah, and at the beginning nice. when we were sort of setting the stage, we just left it at. We've had more than one glass of rosé. Mm. Perfect. That's it. That's yeah. all y'all need to know. Yeah, you can draw <laughs> conclusions about the rest, and you can figure I, out how many glasses by like what time I start slurring. <laughs> I I texted her on the way over here, and I I just said. I wonder how drunk that podcast sounds today versus how it sounded during. Just so slow it I down. I haven't listened back yet, but oh. we'll just go through the audio just to just to fuck with her. Oh. Like slow it down a tinge and then send it to her. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's still. Did we put 
Yeah, well, that's yeah. out there. So our friend um, Chris, Warden, well, you know, yes, yeah. yeah. How he, did you meet Chris? Oh man, um, <laughs> Chris so, Warden, who's my yeah communications manager at Red Bull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and now lives far closer to to us. Yeah, yeah he's in, in Denver. Yeah, in Denver now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he uh, so originally he uh, came to a Jim Jones seminar. That's where I first met him. Um, we did not get along whatsoever. Interesting. Yeah, like uh, he he had it in for me because I I bashed CrossFit. Ah, yeah, yeah, and he was like he was not having it, and so, uh, but I, that what, was kind of involved with to me. Costa Mesa. At yeah, that yeah, point yeah. He was running okay. Costa Mesa CrossFit at the time and doing a lot of stuff for headquarters, so he was working for CrossFit like pretty directly, and he's he's always been pretty good friends with with uh, Greg and all of those guys. And he's helped with their events and developed their media over the years. I think for the CrossFit Journal, he's like one of the first um, media people for the CrossFit Journal. So he kind of goes deep-seated with it. And he has this list of reasons why he liked it. And I had my reasons why I didn't. So we didn't... I mean, I didn't know he didn't like me, though. That was kind of <laughs> the, the secret to us getting so along. So he, he had developed this grudge based on things you'd said online or in, in, just or, in the seminar oh because gotcha, we were gotcha. teaching a okay. seminar so okay. he would he and he would you know hey what about this and i'd be like well you know and i'd probably not in a i don't, I don't know i'd probably Let's just say in a snarky way it, you may most have. likely yeah it was probably because like, that was our relationship at that or that was my relationship with greg at that time yeah and i had adopted mm-hmm. a lot of those features being an employee of so i anyway so i was in california one time and i was doing the california state tt and some crit races and I was training in winter and I knew he was in and I was going to be in Southern California. So I was like, oh yeah, he has a gym and I was with Aaron and Aaron wanted to work out a gym. So I text him, hey, we should stop by. So we ended up going down there and training with him and talking to him a little bit. And he found out, you know, I was actually into Olympic lifting and this other stuff. So um, we ended up starting to chat and getting to, you know, know each other a little bit more. And we always just kept in touch and started to talk kind of beyond the other stuff that we normally talk about. And then um, I visited him a lot, like hmm. out of nowhere. Like I'd always be in Southern California, so I'd go get food. Um, we'd go to his house for dinner. He made these amazing fucking lamb chops one time. He's like, oh, dude can cook. Yeah. And so he'd, and he'd ask me questions about our stuff uh, frequently. And then he actually sold me on CrossFit. Interesting. So I was down there one time, and he's like, oh, are you going to, um, at the time it was OC Throwdown. Uh, was the big one and I was like ah, seriously dude like CrossFit and he and I explained this before so but just to like fast forward how we had we got to this point um, I, I went to go watch a competition um, and I watched them do this workout and I was like I can't even do that workout like I couldn't even finish that thing yeah let alone do yeah. it at their pace yeah, yeah I saw yeah. Lindsay Valenzuela who I'd end up like coaching on the grid league later I watched her do this workout and I was like I don't think I could do it at the weight she was using mm. it and I was like I guess I can't really talk shit about this thing and, and it kind of dawned on me when I saw the best athletes doing it and I was like oh that's like me going to a cat five bike race and being like these guys are fucking dick asses like they're hmm. just like running into each other and like fumbling and I, yeah if you go to a normal crossfit class and you just see people doing terrible things most people suck at most things to having, be honest people having fitness seizures <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well what we call it i call it the car lot guy 
CrossFit oh. car lot guy. You know the balloon blow up mm, guy. Yeah. That's what it looks like, but with a barbell. <laughs> oh, man, that's that's it's, savage, yeah. it's like bending the spine mm, in in random ways. So mm. he kind of sold me on it, and then we kind of um, became friends over uh, basically time, and then like getting over what we thought the other person was about. So it was kind of a a weird deal. And then I found myself whenever I had weird questions, epiphanies, or I don't think he was always one of the first people that I would think about because he's very, um, he's, he contemplates well without any excess. Like if I ask him a question or like, Hey, I had this experience. You should, you should look into this and it could be anything. It could be food. It could be exercise related. It could be like bike racing, whatever it was, he would go, okay. And he would legitimately, no matter what, there was no, um, he didn't have to, but he would always think deeply about the questions that I gave him or the things that I, you know, would, would put in front of him. And I always like respected that. Yeah. And yeah. so it was he's I, thoughtful. Yeah. He's very thoughtful. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, we, I, we just kind of organically became pretty damn close over mm. the years. And, um, you know, he, he moved all around and I didn't find out he worked for Red Bull for a really long time. Mm. I didn't even know what he did. I just like, mm. saw, I mean, I knew he took pictures because he took good pictures. Mm. And so I'd ask, we'd go back and forth on taking pictures. And he was the one who, um, I was asking him what his setup was with his Canon one time. When I, I was, I came from Nikon when I used to shoot professionally for like modeling agency bullshit. And I got rid of all that stuff. And then I wanted a camera to start shooting uh, gym stuff. And he was the first one to be like, hey, go Sony. And I was like, really? What the fuck? And he's like, no, no, seriously, trust me, get an A7. And I was like, okay. So I went and tried an A7. I was like, holy shit, he's right. And so I bought an A7. And the next time I saw him, I was like, where's your Sony? He's like, I sold it. I went back to Canon. It was like, <laughs> That's funny. I appreciate your point about making assumptions, though, because that mm. is also one of the things that I've learned most through podcasting mm. is especially when the, when the guest is high profile and there's a lot mm. of material on them, yeah, yeah. you'll think that you have a pretty good grasp of who they are. They're always different. Um, always different. I would, I would say assumptions are probably the worst part about me. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like I, oh, well, because like I tend to, we all do it, but I tend to do it in order to get an accurate like prediction or, yeah. so I think that I can drive a conversation or I think I can drive the relationship or I think I can steer away from it. And it has bitten me more times than it's helped me for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I, I had assumptions about Chris, honestly. Mm. Oh, not, not assumptions. Um, I maybe sort of like you. It took me a little bit to warm up to him mm -hmm. because he is so sharp that he's one of those people that almost operates on a little bit higher plane mm -hmm. than most. And sometimes, at first, I took that for some aloofness, mm -hmm. but it. I learned that it was more of him being this contemplative person that's thoughtful and sorting things out and not saying more than they need to. If you look at our text stream back and forth, and maybe he's just going to be, his ears are going to be buzzing. <laughs> he's going to hate yeah, this. Yeah, he's going to be a fuck you guys. <laughs> but in seriously, there is, um, there is no garbage in the text stream. Like there's some funny stuff that gets said, um, but there's no unnecessary uh, dialogue going on. He'll give me a really thought provoking question. And because it's pro and just because it's him, I'll tell him I need a day or two. 
Ah, yes. Right? But anybody else, I'll give a short bullshit answer just to get rid of them. Mm. Most, even like my really good friends, because they'll ask me stupid questions that I think, well, go Google it, you fucking idiot. <laughs> but when he asks a question, I know I need to take time with it. And it, I, it, most of it's on psychology, dealing with what we deal with or stuff that he's interested in. And then he had this really interesting, uh, he asked me, this would be a couple years ago. He was like, hey, if you could do any sport and get good at any sport, what would you be good at? Hmm. And I was like, oh, jujitsu. And he was like, cool. And I was like, cool. And then a month later, he was like, I started jujitsu. <laughs> and I was like, motherfucker. Yeah. And I was like, so I went and started jujitsu. <laughs> and I had, I started and stopped a bunch of times, but as soon as he did it, I was like, Oh fuck no, he's not getting ahead of me. Like it made me like double down. And yeah. so it was, it's actually like everything that he does is really thought provoking. And back to the, like the reason we started talking about him, like the slowing down episode, he sent me a cryptic text last February. I don't even remember when that was. It, so he was just or like, what episode it was? It was like episode fifty-seven, minute twenty-seven for two minutes. Play it at half speed. You're welcome. And I was like, what the fuck? And so I, <laughs> I was, we we were getting ready for the symposium, and I was like cleaning up stuff. So I played it, and Berkey was in the room, and I played it, and it. We just for some reason started talking about this book that I had an idea for about. Um, it's <laughs> called. <laughs> It's called Baked. Baked. <laughs> and it's the Stoner's Guide to Good Housekeeping. <laughs> and so we, he, he, I said something, and he was listening it to one and a half times speed. And I said something that he thought was interesting. So he went to go slow it down, but he slowed it down too much. And then we were talking about getting high at half speed. And it was like... <laughs> Us laughing like, uh, 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 uh. no, but, <laughs> it's but so when stoned. then you can get the broom and <laughs> and you can push it around. I, mean, I was on the <laughs> so <was> fucking <laughs> hilarious. It was like sending a virus to yeah. a business I mean, and just shut down productivity for hours. I was on the floor laughing. I was crying <laughs> on my own floor, and I was like, how, first of all how in the fuck did you find this? And he told, he said he had to pull, or he was driving and he had to pull off the road because he was crying. <laughs> he was laughing so hard. So we, we sent it out to, we eventually announced it on a podcast. Like, Hey, if you guys want to be entertained, Chris Warden says, try this. Yeah. And it, <laughs> Turned out pretty damn good. So that's incredible. Yeah. And, that, the half speed trick. And I had no idea you could, because somebody had told me mm. a, one of Navy guy, kind of up there oh, he's right. just like oh yeah i listen to podcasts at one and a half speed all the time that way i can get through more and i just assumed it was some like hack something that he had mm. figured out a way to speed him up i didn't know it was like a Is feature yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like you push a button and it happens yeah. like yeah. i just i thought man that's cool yeah i've never done it though I, I can't do it i can't it's not for me as is i'll listen to a podcast a second time around and yeah. get 50 percent more out exactly. of it yeah so the last thing I want to do is, is speed to up and faster. Yeah, I, I, I could I could see speeding up some stuff. The whole point, I, I understand there are mm-hmm. scenarios for it, but one thing I love about the format is it's it's long form. Mm-hmm. We don't have very much of that anymore. No. Oh, at all. It's it's long it's form ex- and it's depth. Extremely yeah. short form. Yeah, short form In and fact, shallowness. You could yeah. you probably take the M off the end of it. It's like short form. <laughs> like you can't, it's, it's everything is so chopped and compressed. It's way too many. Characters. No, just take just out all like, the vowels. Okay. It yeah. is, and, and that's yeah. Yeah. that's an interesting thing about information because so I don't know how much you 
get geeked out on weird subjects, but I sometimes go down some rabbit holes. And one of them was information theory. And I didn't understand this completely, but, um, and I'm still trying to comprehend it. So I'll try not to fuck it up. So people are screaming into their speakers, but you're getting it wrong. But information theory <laughs> about when we compress information, we have to lose detail. That's just obvious. And that's one of the things that I try to notice on everything that we do. Like whenever you try to grasp an idea and you try to grasp it in, in total, you're going to lose detail, which means you're losing it for, for the most part. So when I try to, when you talk about listening things at high speed, I go, even if you, even if you miss something that might not be, um, pertinent. Yeah. Like a, a really important detail to it. The emotional quality you'll miss if it's sped up. And I, I think, that well that's the thing that i'm there for hmm. so if you miss that in a conversation well i might as well just read the fucking yep. transcript yep 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 which won't make any sense yep and so on that on that note i go yeah it's you not mean for the me. show notes show notes yeah, yeah. Show notes. that's it <laughs> <laughs> we tried show notes i saw it it was only available for like 23 hours though no but i then i highlighted it on our so now you can still go look at the episode i think it's 72 Okay. And so we did. We used our show notes um, in the Instagram story and then highlighted that. Mm. I don't know how well it did because how do you like? Uh, who cares? Yeah, it's true. Well, we just sometimes we like. I drew a graph and I wanted somebody to be able oh, right. to see the flow chart that I do because I took oh, yeah. a lot of time to do it. Actually, that was hilarious. <laughs> I did see that, but that's because you did it here. Yeah, yeah. But so we wanted to explain it. But other than that, we don't have show notes. People listened to you making a flow chart. That's just, <laughs> that was pretty boring right there. <laughs> but at least it was over quick. Well, if they listened to it one and a half times, <laughs> yeah. it's only a couple minutes. Super fast. Yeah. Other than that, I don't, uh, other than that, format wise, podcast wise, uh, there is a lot of shitty podcasts out there though. Oh yeah. The majority. And what I find yeah. is. No, seriously. I mean, yeah. there are so many. <laughs> Thank no. you for saying, I wasn't going to, I don't want to be the guy to well, say that. Well, I mean, it's, it's like, <laughs> However. We're, like we were talking about earlier, you know, when I mentioned Lindsay and the fact that she has a podcast, you mm -hmm. said, well, uh, will, will she, she have, have one in a year? Yeah. And in her case, yeah, she's had it for a few years, but in most people's case, they do a handful of episodes and they're like, oh, this is real work. <laughs> yeah. A, it's actual work. B, it turns out I got nothing to say. Yeah. You know, or, yeah. or something. Yeah. And, and then managing audio quality and that kind of thing. I mean, one Bingo. of the things yeah. that I really appreciate about what you're doing, Payson, is taking it on the road. Yeah. It's like you record, you know, got the stuff and, and, and I mean, it's a, it's a bit vagabond in a way, totally. in a good way. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, roll up and if, okay. So we recorded the part one of, uh, um, our conversation, our series, our series. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's uh, that. That might be you it. You don't want to limit it but, by calling it a trilogy. No, 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 no. This could be, be Fast and Furious style. <laughs> it's it's a franchise. Eight, nine, could go on forever. TBD. The Pace and Twite <laughs> franchise. <laughs> but it was like, okay, we're in the van with the door open at the city park in Moab. Mm. Which would never drinking, have occurred to me. It's like yeah. a drinking beer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my bad. Well, we weren't 
totally in public. I can't. No. I don't know exactly how illegal. I mean, we're fucked either way because one, we were in a vehicle. vehicle. <laughs> two, we were in public. <laughs> yeah, with the door open. And okay. then you're probably in a state park as well or something. <laughs> just just like, a city park, actually. Okay. Exponentially makes it worse. <laughs> On top of regulations. Of what about the kids? Uh, anyway. The, the sound quality but, thing gets me because there's a lot of people that go, yep, yep, I'm well read. I have an audience. I have things to talk about. I just press record, right? I will never do a podcast over Skype. Thank ever, fuck. ever, ever. And not yeah, only slow that, clap, slow clap. Yeah, not yeah. only I that, a slow you, clap. I'm giving uh, the vigorous what, clap on that. What one. you said earlier about mm-hmm. the the emotion mm-hmm. um, to me, it's almost like timbre to an extent. It's like the mm-hmm. quality of of the conversation. I'd take that a step further in that um, I like to be in the person's space if possible. Yeah. So again, awesome. one of the most recent ones I did with with Lindsay Dyer, I did it in her apartment. Nice. which is rich. I mean, her mm-hmm. artwork is everywhere. Uh, she has, you know, she's won tons of awards mm-hmm. for films she's made. Um, her husband was there, who's an interesting character. It was, you were you were in her life. Mm-hmm. And even though I didn't know her, it was just one more step ahead in regards to having a real conversation with someone. Yeah. So that's why I love taking it on the road. And it would be, I look forward to the day where I can have my own studio like y'all do. I mean, this is, this is glorious, but... Um, there is something about being in their world because mm-hmm. um, that's really what I want to accomplish is step into someone's world, learn from them, and then broadcast well, it. Because there's probably something like when you go into somebody else's space, they have control over the space. Yeah, they, they're more they're, comfortable. Yeah, they're, there's, they're not armed with you know some defensive nature like when they come in here even like we try to make it we we usually take a couple hours to bullshit and make sure that we're on the same page yeah um i don't think i think in most cases because i've walked into scenarios where you walk in then interview starts or whatever and it's like it's really off-putting yeah i come with my armed with my answers i don't want to say anything that is wrong so therefore you're hyper defensive and you hold back quite a bit. And what are the, it takes some time to learn the rules of engagement. I mean, it's like, okay, how close to the gutter are we going? Or yeah, yeah, how yeah. highfalutin yeah. is this going to be? Or what are the left and right limits? Are we only talking about riding bikes? Or are we going to talk mm. about, uh, you know, hopefully not. It, it, you, <laughs> our rule stance is, it, it will come up. It will, it will come up inevitably, but sure. <laughs> but we'll keep it brief. I, I yeah. think my, my one rule with like having other people on the show is that I want them to come off the best way possible mm-hmm. so if they say something even if it comes out of their mouth and they don't like it or it just sounded wrong or maybe they made a mistake or maybe later they just thought about it and they didn't want to be represented that way i am all for editing that out because i want somebody to have their highest form represented yeah. now, even if we disagree on most things or even if you know that that's the one rule and that's really helped a lot of conversations i think especially the harder ones that we have hey if anything you say later you don't like it we can always cut it out Yes, I, I certainly agree with that, and that that seems to put people at ease. But um, one one thing that I really appreciated about Reggie, mm. and I I was a bit nervous mm. interviewing him for sure. We were in his house oh, in shit. his glorious Malibu home, biggest house I've ever been in, hands down. Uh, Cher's house was right below. Um, John McEnroe's <laughs> house was the one next door, and. Everything around it is black, just charred black because of the Malibu fires. And it was this apocalyptic scenario. And I'm sitting across the table from one of my heroes, childhood heroes. Mm -hmm. I had an opportunity at eight years old to trade a Reggie Miller card for an Allen Iverson card. 
I hung on to the Reggie Miller card. All Ooh. right. Made sure, made sure he knew that. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I, I, I said, Reggie, we can cut anything out. We can cut the whole thing. Hmm. I don't care. And he said, if I said it, I meant it, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, not everyone, of course, operates that way or has yeah. as much of a grasp of their words and, sure. and that sort yeah. of thing. But or an I, was impre- awareness. I was impressed by that. Yeah. He, he's a genuine dude. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I, and fucking great. It's hard to come by somebody that yeah, stands absolutely. by everything they say. But I also I, I go on the feature that man. Sometimes I take some risks and put idea like I state an idea because I'm still playing with it. Yep. Now most of that's not controversial, but a lot of it is wrong because it has to be in order to play with something to figure out whether it's wrong. You have to play with it. Sometimes vocalizing that is the best way to do it. Yep. So Absolutely. this for we us, do have some podcasts that will never mm, see the light of oh, day. Oh, for sure, and, and <laughs> you know, not because I would be, I would put anything out that I said and just be like, yeah, yeah, sorry, I was wrong. I'm not afraid of that. It's just this has to be almost like a sandbox. Like this is a way to play with things, yep. and and be okay wiping the slate clean and yep. just being like, oh, that was wrong. I, I got <laughs> nailed for right. the first time in our email inbox for for someone getting pretty. They did it respectfully, but mm-hmm. they were a bit offended by the political correctness of an analogy I made. Ooh. And uh, they asked me to take the episode down. The what? political correctness of the lack of political. Sorry, lack of. Pro- pro- OK, thank you. Yeah, I was going to say, because <laughs> people are it would be politically incorrect to criticize <laughs> someone's political correctness. Would it not? Yeah, fair, <laughs> would enough, it be, fair enough. OK, inappropriate mm-hmm. to understand what the the offense was. No, no, no. Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm comfortable talking about it. It was a fairly recent episode. Uh, Jill Kittner was the guest. Mm-hmm. She's uh, been three time mountain bike world champion and mm-hmm. um, gravity events. And um, we were talking about gender equality mm-hmm. and I was describing a uh, a learning experience I had um, with a teammate, uh, a, f- a female teammate I had at the time, who um, basically called me out for not being active in my efforts to uh, promote equality. Mm. And I said, I mean, I'm, I'm not sexist. Like I, I, uh, I, I completely believe in in equal everything i'm sorry just just saying that makes you sexist (laughs) especially just just recognizing that it exists it's like a womanizing mustache you got going on well that's a different story but (laughs) and you drive around in a van i mean come on dude (laughs) okay you wouldn't believe how many people think i live in that van i guess it's the mustache plus the van they assume (laughs) all time spent in van no other options exactly and the only reason it doesn't have some like sci-fi mural on the side is because you have sponsor obligations i have a house (laughs) i have a fun car like i'm I'm not a complete down by the river individual but anyway she she basically said uh this teammate of mine said um and she made an analogy Mm. she said if you uh, witness a crime and she said if you witness say back in the 1950s or 60s you witnessed a lynching mm-hmm. um, and you didn't participate but you just kept walking you're complicit in that crime and basically what she was trying to describe for me is uh, uh, inaction isn't helping so what it would mean it would mean a lot to her and it she thinks it would mean a lot to women everywhere mm-hmm if uh, men took more of an active stance. And that that hit home for me big Mm -hmm. time. I realized that, uh, yeah, absolutely I should be involved. It's it's not really a female problem, it's more of a male problem. Um, 
And that good, good point. And that analogy mm-hmm. that I reused, mm-hmm. the lynching analogy, was uh, taken as pretty offensive by someone. And I completely I understand why because one deals with racial murder mm-hmm. and the other isn't necessarily talking about murder but what she was trying to do is basically say well during it, this it civil has to do with racial murder if that's the what you assign to it mm. but lynchings in the old west were not necessarily necessarily yeah, yeah. right 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 like yeah. like in, in in more of a vigilantism mm. type of response yeah and i and so the the word i'm sorry but the, the, it's a verb it's neutral uh-huh. you start assigning you know political weight yeah. to these things yeah. and then we get into arguments it was about applied like different i mean the analogy holds up if you're applying lynching to witches you know in this yeah. in the 17th century yeah it's like or you apply it toward the Spanish Inquisition, or you apply it like you keep going farther back. You're going to find it was actually probably less used with the racial association than it was. Well, I think the the, the reason that with that, a religious context. yeah, the reason that that analogy was brought up is you had this time that there was great social change happening, and yeah. this yes, the the last couple of years in terms of progress and gender equality the argument can be made that it's one of the most significant times uh, again mm. it may be the most significant time since uh those 50s yeah. and 60s and, and and that sort of thing so um yeah i i, I understood their perspective and i actually haven't responded to the email yet but what i'm going to say is no i'm not going to take the, okay. the episode down yeah. but i will address your concerns in the intro of another episode and again acknowledge yeah. like i did in the very first episode that like you said this is a sandbox mm-hmm. and now and then i'm going to actually accidentally hit someone in the head with my plastic shovel as sure. i'm trying to build yeah. a sandcastle yeah there's going to be i'm going to build something ugly sometimes yeah <laughs> yeah and and the the goal is to move forward the goal is to not um and to and, learn and, and erasing not to, like well uh, my point is like if yeah. you really wanted people to learn or this person in question wanting to pull down the episode having it available the lesson stays available yes. but erasing it takes the lesson away only and then you're the only person that you quote unquote learned that lesson yeah, that's a great point yeah, in, in which yeah. case like the erasure of anything is probably not a valid way to go about it oh man we've got to post the alabama episode then which oh, one boy. was that the one oh, that we said we'd never see the light of day well i'm i'm okay with that we just basically 37 minutes of jokes <laughs> for an hour and a half <laughs> that sounds great <laughs> it, it was cathartic it, it, it was cathartic it, and, and it actually led, so it led to a good conversation that we did post yeah, yeah um but it but it was right at the time when you know alabama was passing the the <clears throat> most oppressive recent mm. laws mm-hmm. or the most mm-hmm. recent of their oppressive laws and and i was yeah there's some there, there's a lot of everyone's afraid of freedom yeah because they don't know they don't trust themselves with it yeah. so Ooh, don't allow other people to how have i it. think any kind of criticism over somebody else's actions can always like you can always kick the can though and this is my problem with like somebody taking the time to be offended first of all has nothing better going on is the first rule because when's the last time you don't have to walk down to the river to get water uh, no exactly like you don't have to wash your own clothes or like you know make your own i food love or- this point and y- y'all are the first ones to bring this up since i heard no seriously since i heard it from joe rogan mm. which was why are we always getting pissed off at each other and cutting each other down because you have time 
we have time and we're not like fighting over uh, resources, the leg of the antelope. Yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's something about, well, me and Sparkle every now and then, you know, we have some food related confrontations. Yeah, but I, I mean, I found when I didn't have a lot to do, man, I could be really critical of other people. And so I'm not just pointing to the fact that like, oh, other people aren't busy and I'm busy. Therefore, I don't have time to criticize other people. It's like, no, I've been that person. Like, for sure, it's really easy to see what somebody else is doing and break it down a thousand ways and argue it over mm. the internet, and then you feel superior for some reason. But in reality, it was just like, I had nothing better going on, mm. so I could take the time to do so. Yeah. And in which case, and the person... And spend the creative energy to do so. Yeah, because... so the kick the can comes from, if somebody wants to tell you how to do something better, but they're using that time to tell you how to do something better and not doing something better themselves... Anything that any kind of feedback that they give you is totally fucking worthless mm. because somebody that wants to say, hey, your remark on slavery or whatever, or the, the loose terminology in our racial war that's going on. Well, guess what, dude? There's still slavery today. Mm. Are you fighting that now or are you just bitching about what happened in the past? I think there's a big difference between keeping each other accountable Mm. and recreational outrage <laughs> sure yeah yeah and yeah. there's a lot of people that are just recreationally outraged and, and i yeah. would say accountability <laughs> happens in the instant right it's instantaneous mm. it's um what's this uh this is totally out of fucking left field do you know what twitch is yes okay actually we were talking earlier about what episodes i've done recently that's the one i should have brought up okay oh. yeah one of the most successful gamers. Oh, okay. Currently on Twitch. Okay, so there's yeah. a girl, Aladia or whatever. Yeah. Okay, you know who she is. She apparently, um, she was playing Twitch uh, on Twitch. Is you know what it is? I, I'm only beginning to like. You're watching somebody I, I, play video games. That's that. Right. It, so that's yeah. Because Ray Fisher Fortnite. just posted some stuff and yeah. Yeah. Sounds, he did it his sounds kind of dumb until you hear that ninja. The, the guy who's best at Fortnite yeah. just bought a plane and he's 23. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this girl makes Because millions. of Fortnite. Or and because I, of Twitch, rather. One Sorry. of her cats oh jumped my. on her lap and she th like threw the cat behind her. Yeah. And now PETA's going after her. They're trying to like get after her for animal abuse and all this Fuck. stuff. And you go... And she said... It landed on its feet, bitch. Well, it's well, fucking cat. And, and it's she a even fucking she, cat. She even said this. She said this. Hey, despite what you ever think, if you want to like, she came out and said, "Hey, sorry, I got frustrated through my cat. It didn't harm him." And I didn't you see the way that it latched onto the curtains <laughs> and then climbed down? But well, like, it turned into fuck? a sweet cat video. So, yeah. I was like, exactly. Well, have you ever seen cats do stuff like outside? They can jump. Like. <laughs> <laughs> They're one of the oh only animals that can like swipe a songbird out of the yeah, air. Yeah. Throwing it backwards, down, yeah. throwing it backwards over a chair, it's probably going to be okay. It's probably going to be okay. But what I was saying is like, yeah. she came out within five minutes and was like, "Hey, sorry, I did that. If that offended anybody, if you want to report me, I understand. Here's me with my animals. I'm very loving. Yada yada yada." Instantaneously, she understood, took responsibility. The, yeah, mm. took responsibility of it. Uh, said that she would face any of the consequences. That's not enough for people. They have to keep going. Mm. In which case, it has oh, nothing. She showed us her belly. It has nothing now, to do with justice. That's when we attack. Yeah, exactly. It has more to do with shaming. Shaming feels good to a population, mm. and this is the trap. Is what we call accountability often turns into shaming, and that shame button of like, "Ooh, shame on you," is uh, in, in retrospect or in um, uh, what would the uh, not retrospect? I can't think of the word. In, in in a 
in our own reflection of somebody else being shamed, it makes us feel it elevates better. Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that's the only reason why we want to do it. And in, in a basically a world with no more hierarchies or multiple hierarchies, however you want to look at it, that shame button is so powerful that people keep pushing it. And because they have nothing fucking better to do, they just push that button all day. But when confronted with like, well, do you want to actually see change? I don't think people do want change. Well, no, because if it changes, I won't be able to push the shame button anymore. <laughs> right? Like, it'll just be. It won't be. I won't get the treat. It, this yeah. is no. this is an inherent problem with thinking that problems should be solved. Mm. Is eventually you'll need another problem, mm-hmm. and like, if you don't, and if one does not naturally present itself, yeah, you make one. Shall yeah. create one. Yeah. Except, and yeah. this is what humans do best: <laughs> is not just solve problems, which we're very good at, but create problems mm. to solve. Yeah. We just forget what we do, and this is one of my favorite things about philosophy. Is in most philosophies, you can go Stoic or you can go Eastern. Is a lot of philosophy doesn't address problem solving. They don't address answering questions. That's besides the point. The questions will get There's answered. There's no S on the end of beside. Of what? It's not besides oh, the oh, point. Besides. It is beside oh, okay, the perfect. point. I love this. There's thing. not more yeah. than I one. I was an English minor. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they're in, in. I'll step up my game for you today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, been, I've been slacking off and I've actually had received some, some uh, direct oh, messages and emails like, you should have corrected him about this. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. You should have said that. I can't believe you got you're no longer this. my grammar hero. <laughs> like, like oh, no. wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so th- there's this idea in, in most philosophy that has nothing to do with uh, answering questions, actually. It's actually to try to get away from the problem or understanding the problem so we can deal with it. And I think we kind of forget the reason for all these thinkers throughout you know, millennia was to get away from our inherent nature of causing problems. And now you see it because it's multiple, it's like compounded in social media like all the problems become compounded and they're mm. louder mm-hmm. and everything is more accessible and, and it's everybody more instantaneous. has a voice and, and, and everybody has a so voice so what do you think about this um, and it's the, the, whatever Instagram has done recently I've, mm. I've read something on Vox or wherever today about um, the, the, the fact that they are disabling the like button yeah on some I things you, you can see some you know like the, the well the they're disabling the, the thing, number of likes the, the number of likes yeah. right so that people so people can <laughs> like the individual can see you know how many people saw the post yeah but maybe they don't see how the, the number of likes or whatever and the idea is that it's well a it will it, it'll slaughter you know the opportunities for instagram instagram influencers which i think is a fantastic um idea but the but the but the point behind the original impetus was to um focus people more on what they are actually posting than on the reaction to it yep yep i like it and actually when i was in british columbia uh last week um everyone's instagram didn't have likes on it it was, so I think it's, it's being pilot in tested mar- in different tested markets. In. Yeah. 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 Um, I like it. And, different and for markets. someone, we even say that social media is about markets. <laughs> okay. For Sorry. someone whose income is very much tethered to social media. Yeah. I appreciate the fact that on the back end, you still get analytics. Yeah. So you can see the value and you can and present, present the value. To, yeah. But it, I think it potentially could be a really positive change, honestly. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, you know, because I, 
petitioned. Well, I, I mean, as a petition of one um, for the dislike <laughs> button. Because, like, I would like to like you offer me all these fucking emojis. Why can't you offer me different options? You know, do do I? You took do, away my it, gun emoji. You it, took away my knife emoji. <laughs> and <laughs> and now you just all you give me is a fucking like button. I, mean, I can't dislike. I can't like semi like. I can't like, you know, soft like. What do you call it? What did, what did you poke someone on <laughs> oh, Facebook yeah. or something, right? Or whatever it was. God, <laughs> Facebook is a train wreck. I don't even use it anymore, honestly. At it, all. It's so complicated. I mean, when you, I just, when you yeah. open the app, it's like, A, it's different every time. But complicated is better, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. I don't know. <laughs> like, <clears throat> I, like I, I don't even know how this works anymore. And, and then if you have an athlete page like I do, there's a whole other app that theoretically helps you manage it and so you're constantly toggling between these two and then you have the messenger app okay it's no yeah. wonder instagram is doing so well and facebook isn't if you ask me. and if but the other thing that i saw was that instagram is trying to focus more on stories yes rather than you know long-term available post, yeah. content yeah so it's which getting is, even shorter <laughs> which yeah so your attention span is even but I find like, and I just started using stories. I was like, for a long time, I'll never use a story. That's a stupid feature, you know. It's just like a podcast. I'll never catch on. <laughs> it's like, um, and and so I started using the stories, and I thought, oh, this is actually pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. Now I can't fucking remember which images I may have put because I don't do it in real time. I'm just like making shit up, you yeah, know. I'm like yeah. finding images from 30 <laughs> years ago that I may have scanned or something and yeah. post it. Um, and and then I kind of forget, and I go back. I'm like. I guess I need to, if, if this, I was going to actually be serious about this, I would be keeping track so that I didn't repeat myself. But then I noticed in many other feeds, people repeat themselves all the time mm-hmm. without, you know, any real consideration. You just scroll back far enough. And it's like, ah, oh, that one great portrait of that one person keeps coming up. Yep. 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 Hurt, so, hurting for content, recycled content. Yeah. <laughs> and, if, and if I get to the point where I'm hurting for content, I got to shut. need to post that day. That, well, or <laughs> at all. At all, yeah. Like yeah, if I'm, yeah, if there's yeah. nothing there, but I can't kind of be like, ah, there's something there. Okay, here's a, oh, here's another picture of a dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or I'd be it, posting a lot of photos of that dog. Oh yeah, she has her own Instagram account. Does she? Oh yeah. What is it? Sparkle underscore zero four two one one nine, which is her birthday. I'm so April. Have, I'll, ask, yeah. I'll ask for that again. Later. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna be Sparkle. following that. Oh yeah, she's uh, she's <laughs> she's we're just she didn't post like two days ago, and Selena's like, you just cost us four hundred dollars. Like, do we have sponsors yet? <laughs> she, goes, she goes, no, it's a hypothetical. It's it's like, a come hypothetical. on. No, we just, we're, we're training. We're training. We're training, we're training exactly. ourselves. That's funny. <laughs> I, I can think... I try, sorry, can I try some of this mezcal? Absolutely. Oh, um, mezcal is my favorite of the alcohols. Ah, not. please. Nice. Um, all of those all shall the, be clean. Yes. The, the, yeah. well, shall be or are? N- are. Yeah. <laughs> shall be after you're done. We'll wash everything. <laughs> no. this, I, this one here is the only one that's been used. Oaxaca. I believe they spelled Oaxaca incorrectly. I, I, I just drink it. It's Fair a, enough. It's a, yeah, it's hey, if you drink enough of it, it'll be spelled correctly. <laughs> exactly. I think I'll go. I, I I'd probably go the opposite way on anything that they try nice to do one. to make social media, um, I don't know, easier on the psychology of people, because people aren't easy on the psychology of people. Like 
the, the problem with Instagram is not Instagram. The problem with social media isn't the inherent tool. It's always behavior. It's always human nature that makes it a problem. And, mm-hmm. and I know we've... But the tool exposes the behavior exa- and therefore it's a good thing. Exactly. And so this, I'm slowly but surely going against my previous you know, stances of what I think of social media because I'm seeing that all it is doing is it's... <laughs> It's just amplifying people's behavior. It's amplifying their inability to control their own behavior. It's amplifying their inability to handle their own psychology. And so, yeah, is it detrimental? Yeah, but it points to the problem. If somebody gets on and they're addicted and they have and they have to check all their things and make sure and their only, you know, uh, their only worries and hesitations and stresses in life are the performance of their virtual self. Great, that person doesn't have the wherewithal to control that stuff. So they're going to be, they're going to fall prey to that in any construct. Mm. So therefore having um, a company try to be, you know, the authority on it is giving somebody else authority on it, Mm. which is my, always my problem Mm -hmm. is, is handing over control to somebody else. Let me say what I want to say. Let me like something. Let me see all the information I want. And if it hurts somebody, whose fault is it? Yeah. Like enough. You have the ability to turn the thing off. You really do. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I tried. I couldn't. I, I, I set myself I, a timer now. Same. Actually. My timer's... Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, I give myself half an hour a day. And after that... Ooh, the only, you're a pro. The only thing I that... I guess it's not as much of your job, though. Well, I, have to, I have to spend a little more time on it, probably, than... <laughs> sure. Most kids. I mean, I post for ours. Oh, you I, do? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, so, oh, you're efficient. If you're doing that in half an hour? God well, uh, because when I think yeah, about the it... The alarm goes off. It doesn't shut off my phone. And, like, <laughs> but most the of phone the stuff blows take, up. Starts That's taking money step. out of my wallet or most something. Of, <laughs> that'd be cool. Most of the things that I prepare, I prepare outside of the app anyway. Like, mm, yeah. me interacting on the app has very little to do with it. So, I can... Yeah. I make my post before I even open the app, mm. and then when I look at it, I check. Um, I check obviously messages. I check mentions, and then I I check uh, my personal account, and then I make a post. Yep, and then that makes sense. usually I'll just scroll to make sure, and I'll like you know some of the stuff that I like, and then I'll get off. Yep. And then what I find is that the the days that I actually hit that limit. Um, are usually days that I'm posting more than one post or I'm, you know, if I make more than one post, I probably need more than half an hour and I can skip that. But what it really does is generally when I see the warning of I've, I, my time is up, I'm like, oh yeah, I've just been fucking mindlessly scrolling for no fucking reason. In which case I don't need to be here anyway. So I remove myself and this isn't, I'm better and other people can't do this. It's just like understanding what is useful and what's not useful. Were and, you, were you, one of my favorite things is if, a if a new temptation is presented mm-hmm. and you're trying to decide whether to partake or not, sometimes I'll ask myself, was I happy before I knew about this thing? Oh, and if the answer is yes, mm-hmm. then chances are pretty good. I don't need it. Yeah. I say that to my Pez dispenser. <laughs> That's an inside joke. Maybe everyone knows. A lot of people. Not everyone, but Aaron um, knows right now. That's yeah. for damn sure. Yeah. <laughs> there have been we left it, we should have come well when we got back. So sorry, the yeah. Pez dispenser is aqua it's Jason. Uh, the one that I have in my handbag yeah. is. There's, Fuck there's yeah. I'm equal opportunity, I have Black Panther. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one is like 
a raccoon yeah, or yeah something? That, but that's from guardians of the galaxy okay and yeah. i haven't it's I, rocket i haven't rocket that was the name yeah, yeah. rocket and then yeah, I, have I just a, like i have a weird one from a kid's show that i've never seen that has like a big eye it's like an owl but it has a big eye and a small eye oh. and i was like yeah okay, that, that's appropriate that's gonna get weird i just once you win the jackpot that pez dispenser probably gets super weird well but, oh I mean, the funny thing is, I like. I always enjoy it. I, I, yeah, I've never had a bad time with the Pez dispenser, but but um, every now and then, you <laughs> for know, for those folks that don't know, the Pez dispenser is a special Pez dispenser. <laughs> it, it dispenses it, special things. It sugary states of consciousness. Yeah, it's a, But that's but Pez. That's what it stands for, right? It's <laughs> altered states of consciousness. Psychedelic <laughs> experience. Um, but it, I just like laugh and I'll send a photo to Jason. I'm like, Aquaman is dosing me again. Mm. And, it, and it always gets, you know, a bunch of emojis come back usually. Mm. Of uh, something. It has, <laughs> th- like there is something about you and you could use. Or it's endurance Jesus. I can't tell. <laughs> it does look like endurance Jesus. <laughs> it does. <laughs> <laughs> Which now that endurance I think about it. Jesus I, well, I looked for a buddy Jesus. Do you remember buddy Jesus from Dogma? Or uh, is it Dogma? I don't know. The fucking movie. Um. Now I can't think of his name. Who did it? Fuck. Buddy Jesus. Uh, George Carlin was on that movie where they introduced, okay. they're trying to recreate the the image of Christianity. Mm. So they, they're like, yeah, Jesus needs a little bit cooler, a little mm. bit more accepting. And so they make <laughs> Buddy Jesus where he has like two thumbs up. <laughs> okay, yeah. They made a fucking it. Pez dispenser of Buddy Jesus <laughs> okay. like uh, 10 years no. ago. And I've been looking for it and I can't find it fucking oh. anywhere. Okay, that would be the that would be the guy, Buddy Jesus. Yeah, buddy. That's <laughs> all my word. There is something. Uh, I, maybe the easiest thing that helps me deal with like how I think social media is a tool is seeing people go wrong with it. Mm. There's nothing that provides a better example than seeing people be unable to use something. Because mm. I go, oh, okay, well, let me get a handle on this. <laughs> like, you took your motorcycle out and crashed it like does that mean the tool is bad or you're an idiot or like there's always like yeah. it's always the person or someone made a left turn in front of you yeah it's yeah. it's I mean. or but it, the same thing is when when i heard my friend just got hit on a motorcycle it's devastating because i was like why the fuck are you still riding a motorcycle mm. like don't you know <laughs> like, yeah and if you're gonna do something dangerous why not make it cool <laughs> like do something like jump off a cliff like do yeah. something that is experiential <laughs> and spiritual don't ride around behind cars in traffic like uh, that and i get it i you know used to ride a repsol 1000 it's not like i don't understand how it feels it's just not useful the tool is unuseful to a point and if you do want to ride it well guess what we're we're literally 30 minutes from one of the world's best racetracks mm-hmm. and it's $250 to go out and get on the racetrack. So y- if you really want to use it, use the tool, but don't try and be boy racer downtown. Yeah, exactly. That, well, this is my thing. So we're right next to one of the coolest fucking, um, exotic car, um, retail places. I don't even know what you call yeah, it. I don't know like, what you call that place. It's either. a car dealership. They sell Lamborghinis and Porsches and whatever, but, they don't really give a shit about that. They build fucking track cars. Mm-hmm. So they build track cars out of 911s, out of Lamborghinis, <laughs> oh, out of, man. and I'm talking like carbon fiber bodies, full yeah. roll cages, 750 horsepower GT500 cars. Make a $250,000 car, $700,000. Yes, bingo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's without the engine in it. Or like, <laughs> so, the, oh, but boy. the reason they do this, so they sell the fancy cars up front to people that don't know any better and just want to drive a Ferrari 599 or they just want to drive an R8 or they, they want the cool look 
looking car that's supposed to be the supercar. But they That'd know. That would be an RS8, right? Yeah. That is Something. a cool looking supercar. <laughs> uh, so they have all these exotic. I drive it. Yeah. They have yeah, all these cool exactly. things. But then in the back room, they're like, no, this is what we really do. And you're like, this is where you learn about. If you want to drive a car, you drive it on a track. It does no good to have a high performance car on a freeway or even on like a public road because you can't you can't dial it in. Like you can't take it's a not a lab. No, no, because if you really want to push the limit of something, there is you know, if there's gravel on the road or just a speck of dust, your car's gone. Yeah. And I was you're just gone. gonna say I'm gonna be on the ninth south off ramp here at some point <laughs> and I'm gonna go over the Jersey barrier and into our parking lot <laughs> because, <laughs> because that's what happens when you take that corner too fast. Well, and I used to, I used to drive so out of control and think, Oh, I'm driving fast. Cause I'm a good driver until I started racing on a track mm. and almost immediately I that stage yet. I dropped 20 miles per hour off my average by going and racing on a track because I then understood the limits of a car oh. and under, I understood how stupid I was. Yeah. And so the tool becomes much more useful mm. because you start to learn about it. And this is how I feel about social media. Way to bring it back. <laughs> Way to bring it back. The yeah. tool becomes <laughs> so useful because I understand how powerful it is finally, as opposed to just being pissed at how stupid humans are. I understand how to... Tr well, I, I try to not be a stupid human using the tool. Mm -hmm. So the like or dislike or however you like, whatever they engineer to try to make it softer, they're still trying to set up a store inside of your brain. Yeah, yep. that is the absolute. And they're never going to admit that. Like, but if you don't admit that, you don't understand what the tool is for. If you don't understand that a supercar is for pushing the limits of speed around bends and straightaways and trying to go 200 miles an hour in a mind blowing experience then trying to drive a supercar on a freeway like an idiot, you're you're going to crash. Yeah. You're going to have a bad experience. <laughs> you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> and if I don't understand that while I'm on Instagram, the point of the tool is to sell things to me, mm. in, whether that's ideas or physical objects or you know whatever, in-group, out-group kind of deal, whatever the sales pitch is, if I don't understand that, I'm going to have a bad experience. Yeah. The idea there of... Or the idea of social media or Instagram selling you ideas, mm. I think that is the most dangerous thing because it's pretty obvious. Like, oh, you're giving me these ads for mm. the stuff that, yeah, I, I, I did do a search for a ceiling fan recently. It's true. and <laughs> I, But I don't need to. It's okay. I know, looked up chandeliers last <laughs> night. <laughs> right. So now it's that, now that's going to you know be the thing that's coming through. Okay. That's easily avoidable because it's obvious. But the, the pitching of ideas to people and the fact of like, in, you know, direct injection into one's consciousness via the, via the, you know, you, the tool, I think that is the dangerous thing is it's because it, it is more insidious mm -hmm. that people don't sort of understand that that is also, okay, we can apply as, a, at, at, let's say, we are Instagram. We can guide political consciousness. Is this, you know, and we can do it without people fucking knowing, mm. essentially, unless we fuck up and then, you know, and then we'll get found out and then we'll have to like apologize and okay, we'll give you $5 billion in fines because it means fucking nothing to us because we have hundreds of billions of fucking dollars. Um, and so, yeah, oh, we'll pay the fine. Fine. Great. Go away now. Thank you. Um, you know, we'll try and resist and say we didn't to make a good show of it. So we'll spend some in legal fees, but, but we put a budget on that of like 500,000. So. 
we're actually you know we're still yeah. in the black and <laughs> and 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 we are influencing the outcome of you know people's uh, should they exercise their right to vote if they exercise their right to vote we're steering it I th- so we're about to do an advertisement we are on Instagram and it's taken, it's taken us a long time to like reconcile why we would do this mm. and I think what cleared it for me is a it is a marketplace that's offering something that well it's 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 a platform for which we get to showcase what we think is valuable and that you know but to be honest not a lot of people probably think is valuable because they won't see it but how do we get the people that will think it's valuable to see it and if everybody is in this marketplace this is the place to showcase it what's going to be in the ad what are you Oh, it's NSFW for sure. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um, I, well, that's how it started out. Yeah, yeah, or, well, We have three t- concepts. They're wildly different concepts um, because... There's me dancing in a unicorn costume. <laughs> but, but I'm in the background, so you can't yeah. really tell it's me. Okay. Like a ShamWow commercial. Okay. How much um, would you expect to pay? The we best part about that <laughs> is that we get to put khakis and a polo shirt on Michael. Yeah. <laughs> and like with... And, and, a, and like a... A belt, like you yeah. get, like a polo shirt that's braided, in a with braided a, leather, a braided belt. leather belt. They, I just want to know what footwear you have. Those fucking weird lo- slip-ons, lo- loafers, I'm like with a tassel. Bo- yeah, like boat shoes for sure. Boat shoes. Oh, like topsiders. <laughs> yeah, it could be. I don't. Maybe I'll just Birkenstocks. Don't forget your rosé. Don't forget my rosé. <laughs> the the other concept will keep. Well, so the theme behind the the book is it that it's a uh, a it's coffee a, table book for sociopaths. Oh wow. <laughs> That's our whole pitch. What do you okay. think? <laughs> I uh, I'm 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 absorbing. <laughs> uh, I oh yeah. yeah yeah yeah. Different people have different relationships yeah. with the word sociopath. Whether you've been a victim of one, you know, <laughs> if, if you have been a victim of one, you have a different relationship with that word. We like to take it. You know, it's more of like a social sort of chameleon. Mm. Yeah, type of thing. No, it's yeah. not yeah, yeah, not really yeah. criminally sociopathic. Sociopath, not psychopath. Right. Yeah, which would be different. Sociopath can it can be <laughs> negative or positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, fair enough. Some people refer to Lance Armstrong as a sociopath, which I w- would probably say is accurate, not having met him. But also, like, he's what? the only <clears throat> famous person I've met mm. who was less human than I expected. Uh, he, can I be honest? He's the only famous person I want to meet. <laughs> we can make it happen. Oh, are you serious? Oh, oh easy. Dude. Easy. He, we could have him on the podcast. Really? Maybe. Okay. He is... I he, mean, my my goal at one point was like, okay, if I want to get Lance on the podcast, all I have to do is get Zach on the same podcast. I would, um, I would have they Lance... they did all the Subaru commercials back I'd have day. Lance on my podcast... Mm. In s- tomorrow, yeah. If it didn't mean that I lost half my sponsors, well, yeah, I was going and this is this is my problem. Seriously, this really is my problem. It's because the okay, social so implications. Ours because we have no yeah. sponsors. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you free bastards. <laughs> this is this is. I don't the, mean my podcast. I don't have any podcast sponsors right now either. I'm talking about my oh, yeah, 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 personal yeah. ones. Yeah, and 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 being in the it's an interest that he is a. Uh, that's a that's a hot rock to touch for sure. 
again, so how much, and this is an honest question, um, because obviously all, all things are admitted, right? So all, there is no, I, I mean, the price has kind of been paid, mm. I think, but how much more damage do we need to do to somebody? Mm. Like, what is the point of the damage? What is the point of the shame? What is the point of saying every time before I say the name Lance Armstrong, dis- disgraced Tour de France champion Lance Armstrong? The point of that is to do what? Because we're talking about, I mean, and well, I'm not to trying to give the government the their money back. Because <laughs> they not only got absolutely like 150% or more return on their marketing yeah. dollar, but now they want to get reimbursed yeah. for so that. This is my problem with people going after them <laughs> because, um, and everyone's so, everybody is really disappointed. Nike's really disappointed. Like all those companies are really disappointed. Um, he should have taken How much meat. shit did you sell? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Um, this did, you, you, you lost nothing. None you, of the no, companies it, lost anything. It's a question of having the cake and then eating it. To, right. to, like, okay, and then, you know, standing up for some sort of yeah. So my question is, but, but without returning the gains. People say that, that he got axed not because of the doping, but because of the way he handled everything else. Yes. Because he was a dick. Why, <laughs> and why, why then mm. is Tiger Woods still with Nike? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah, no, when we're talking about morale, well, this is my problem about attributing morality is, is to sport. Like a well, is I mean, I thought he was like a, he just could cheated. do no wrong. He just cheated on his wife. With, oh, but if we're like talking a gazillion about, porn stars. Yeah, yeah, but when we're talking about when we're relating morality to sport, we're already mm. in in a bad problem. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, fair yeah. And, yeah. And I don't want to. I'm not trying to make the argument that doping is acceptable because I'm not. We made arbitrary rules. They're the rules. You shouldn't break them. I stand by that 100. percent But <laughs> love it. <laughs> the point, like, no, people are always going to push the boundary. I'm gonna like when a when a ball in a tennis match hits on the line i'm gonna call it because i want to i want the point even if i know if mm. i can get an advantage somewhere i'm gonna get an advantage that is the point is to push the boundary to try to win it's trying to be as efficient as possible it's trying to game the scenario so that i can win that is the point of sport <laughs> he injected a whole bunch of stuff and did a whole bunch of things i think it depends on the person too because Personally, mm. if using your tennis analogy, mm-hmm. if I knew the ball was out, I wouldn't combat that. And this is also why uh, if if it was borderline, I'm saying on the line. Okay. If it was borderline, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you have to, but I still felt strongly one way or the other. Sure. I would stick with okay. that outcome. I'm different. I, I have plenty of competitors who do they race quote unquote clean sure yeah they do everything that's inside the rules mm-hmm. even if some of that stuff to me is pushing, pushing the boundaries. boundaries yeah for example an inhaler when yeah. you don't really have asthma albuterol yeah um i mean i could go on for a tylenol on a hot sure hot yeah. race yeah and i don't subscribe to that ethically and so personally this whole thing, okay, we're just going to talk substances mm-hmm. in, in, in sport for a sure. second. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a spectrum, right? Sure. On one end of the spectrum, you have drinking water. 
yeah. during a race. Yeah. On the other end of the spectrum, because we can't help but yeah. breathe, yeah. so, <laughs> so the, we have to be. It has to be a voluntary thing, right? On the, yeah. Okay. On the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> we have blood transfusions. I guess I, I would say actually probably the biggest advantage would be having an oxygen, pure oxygen tank attached. Okay, to fair enough. Like because like, well, we're talking about transhumanism, we're talking yeah. about making the oh, human. You, you mean like climbing mountains? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Huh. <laughs> or not climbing we, them and well, saying you did. Yeah, let's just say, yeah, there, there is a spectrum here. I love where this is going. Yeah. So there's there's a spectrum. This is also how I feel in regards to uh, to gun laws, but that's a whole other conversation okay, yeah. in regards to the spectrum. So <laughs> I personally, I like to be, I like to err on, uh, I want to make sure I'm closer to water than I am to oxygen tanks and yeah. blood bags. Yeah. And so personally, I have a no needle and no pill policy mm-hmm. unless... It is a genuine health issue, and I need to get back to baseline. Mm-hmm. If it's giving me an advantage, I will never take Tylenol during an a hot race for sport. Yeah. I will never take a pill mm-hmm. for a hot race. It, I will drink Red Bull coffee till the cows come home. Mm-hmm. I will never take a caffeine pill ever, and that that's well, just where I. So it's the you, exact same thing. I understand that. I know. No, I, I'm just saying. But, well, but this is the arbitrary nature of right. it, and I and I. Yeah. What I'm saying is basically on your same point is we all draw lines in the sand and yes. then society holds up those lines as to moral caricature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this yeah. is my problem. And yeah. I made this a cut. This analogy is a little bit closer to what we're talking about. Um, Mark Cavendish, who is a phenomenal sprinter and cyclist, has won, I think, still more stages than any other probably. cyclist, right? Yeah, probably. Because no, he's, no, didn't, did, unless he passed Cipollini. He did. Oh, he did. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I know Cipo. he passed. Because yeah. Cipo, Cipo was like... Leon. Was, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but so, he was the the one with the most stage wins. Then, yeah, yeah. Before. Okay. Yeah. So... We know we Man, know watching old bike races now. It's hilarious. Oh God, and it's so fun. It's like it really wow, can. that person has not sat in their saddle <laughs> for fifteen minutes. You talking about Pantani? Amazing, Pantani. It doesn't matter. Wow, they're still oh, sprinting. Yeah, yeah, fuck. Whoa, they're still sprinting. <laughs> what was the team that went from like forty k out or so? I don't. <laughs> um, so so the point is here is like people don't. Think of Mark Cavendish as a cheater because he never put substances in his, well, that we know of to finish a race. We'll just say allegedly because we'll just say that we don't know. Um, and he's won all these things. But what he has done. Oh, no. <laughs> Is this Cipollini climbing? No, it's Pantani and Haras. Um, it's in the Giro in nice. 90. It, 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 but it's Is like, this fast forwarded? No. Holy fuck. <laughs> exactly. Is this fast forward? Exactly. No, None going, of them are sitting. Yeah, they're no. going uphill at 25 <laughs> miles an hour or whatever it ends up being. And, and they were, st- I mean, when Haras attacks in the start of that, you're just like, okay, nobody's talking about pushing the little red button on his shifters. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Like, but it's, and then Pentani counters and then, oh, you know, but, it, but it's. All that stuff is super, like. It is really entertaining, right? And now that sport has become entertaining, my point is that it can't be a moral thing because of yeah. for Mark Cavendish to make it to the sprint stages, he has to take power bottles, like mm. significant power bottles, to the point where you know he has other people pushing up. the The car is driving him up to do a fake mechanical, and he will get fined for this, and they'll accept the fines like two hundred euros or whatever. And when he gets to the finish line, they're like, "Oh, I got a power bottle. Give him an infraction." 
what the fuck is the difference? Mm. If he couldn't make it with his own effort, mm-hmm. at least Lance pedaled his own fucking bike. Mm-hmm. Whether it was his blood or not, nobody knows. <laughs> but but at least it was his effort. Yeah. And that, like, like w- nobody thinks of Mark Cavendish as disgraceful writer. Nobody that gets a fine for pushing an arbitrary line gets thought of as, as, an ar- as like a bad yeah. person. Right. Yeah. And yeah. yet he is associated, granted, if you want to hold up all the other stuff that he did in private or, or yeah, whatever, yeah. sure, I'll, I'm not going to argue that. I'm just talking about the sport-specific yeah, 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 infractions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were on a ride uh, last year, and uh, it had been quiet for a period of time, and finally he said, what's your power uh, at Threshold these days? And I told him, and he, he paused, and he was like, I used to do 500 watts for an hour. <laughs> and then and he pauses again he pauses again and he, and he says there was some octane involved <laughs> and everyone else just lost their shit on the, on the group ride wow it was it was pretty priceless for whatever that. that's worth it that was just is a, fucking cr- pretty that, hilarious the, the other thing is like most of these judgments come from people who don't understand effort Mm. That that's my biggest problem with it is somebody in a fucking recliner mm. yelling at his TV over somebody's uh, immorality, um, overtaking a substance that they don't understand, and that, like you understand more than probably most writers of because you've drawn these lines about what effort is pure to you, mm-hmm. and I, I like completely respect that 100%. I don't think a lot of people do because they're too focused on the thing. I'd also say your purity and effort will it'll lead to a better experience no matter which direction you go. Whether you win or lose, your experience will be yours. Even when I was racing, you know, Cat 3s, there was known guys who were taking EPO or taking growth hormone and it never affected my judgment or it never affected my feelings about losing to them or beating them. Like I knew they were beatable and I knew the drug didn't make them a better rider necessarily. I always saw it as a psychological weakness because I knew if they didn't do it right, then they would be like, Oh, I didn't do, I'm not taking it now or now I'm going to be worse. The deficit would be so much harder to make up for than my ability to push one or 2% harder to beat mm, them. Interesting. And if they did win, I never used it as, as an excuse to lose to somebody who, who doped or took something I didn't because there's people that are willing to take risks that I'm not willing to take. And in some ways they lost before the race even started. Sure. Not in some yeah. ways, a lot of ways, I think. For sure. And I, I like the, I like the idea of seeing what humans are capable of bar none. Um, when somebody descends at like 70 miles an hour, like a, you know, a crazy bat out of hell, just fucking flying down. And I'm unwilling metric. To... That's 110, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I had a hundred coming down Teton pass day before yesterday. Oh, it was shit. a new, new person. hundred K. It was 62 yeah. miles an hour. hundred K. That's an hour. Yeah, fucking yeah. fast. Yeah. I've only, I've hit 60 miles an hour on yeah. a road bike. Yeah. That, that's a no. Oh, well, mine was definitely on a road bike too. Oh, okay. That's like a, that's I'm a heavy no though, so screw up moment. Oh, for sure. Oh on, yeah. On Suncrest. You're going 58. Down. Into Idaho side or the back uh, into, into, into Jackson into Jackson yeah. Okay. yeah yeah with a headwind which was crazy I was like oh Whoa. shit this is a steep ass yeah road <laughs> arrow yeah, so so you <laughs> can hit sort of top speed it's kind of like right before the the last kink the, the, the last big left yeah yeah how do you know Jackson so well just from um, climbing days that and I I actually 
owned a house in Victor. Okay. Right on the That's other side. That's where Lindsay lives. Yeah. Okay. Lindsay Dyer, yeah. Yeah. 60s fast. That's fucked up. Yeah. I've, I've, I felt 60 before <sighs> and it was definitely like a, I mean, we were close. We were hitting 57 in Bulgaria down yeah. Batusha sometimes. And it was, it was literally like, man, one pothole yeah, or just man. one, one, swerve. one straight dog. Yeah, or yeah, like, or if I setting up for this line and a horse carriage comes around the corner, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm totally fucked. Gypsy caravan. And what it made yeah. me think of is is in in sport, the risk is the part of it. Like, to be a professional athlete, you're risking your livelihood in order to first try and use effort to make money. Like that, that's a risk that 99 percent of people after high school are like, oh, I could play pro ball. No, you couldn't because you couldn't <laughs> deal with the risk yeah. of of that that potential loss. Instead, you doubled down. You got a normal job. Because what normal. are you gonna do after that third ACL? Right. Like, you just open the gas station now, man. And so that's one of the things that I <laughs> yeah, like. I've heard that's pretty lucrative, actually. <laughs> owning a gas station, car wash, or storage storage units. Storage units. That's the that's the money maker. Really? Yeah. There's no. Or is that overhead. just if it's a front? Because that'd be a good front. <laughs> it's good good laundering for meth making. Watch too much Breaking Bad. <laughs> The uh, the idea though is that go we check keep in my storage unit. We keep <laughs> my stuff still there. <laughs> <laughs> if if we keep risk like as the component that makes people great, they take great risk and they surpass the failures and they become these, you know, people that are willing to do that we're not willing to do. Then no matter what substance we're talking about, no matter what we're talking about, these are the best people. Like in like drugs has nothing to do with it. We're seeing somebody take great risk to achieve something. Now, some are less pure than others. And you'd say like this is the transhumanist argument is just like, well, it's not a human anymore. And I, I they think that's a valid argument. Um, but I don't see this argument, especially from the people who are making billions of dollars on doping control saying it's for the athlete's safety. Fuck you. No, it's not. You don't care about athletes. Like if we cared about athlete safety, we wouldn't let them descend in a group of a hundred people going sixty miles an hour down a hill. Yeah, but we make them wear helmets, so it's okay. <laughs> well, only because we get money from the helmet manufacturer or whatever. Right. It's not is, about safety, is the point. Was it lobbying by the helmet manufacturers to have helmets mandatory because kids set an example for the kids? Because mm-hmm. for a while, the kids like helmets weren't mandatory. Right, and then. They were, and then when they were mandatory, but as if it was the last climb of the day and it was a mountaintop so finish, you can yeah, take it yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. And then, and that was just like to make people feel okay, so that the more draconian measures would come later, you'd mm. be all, you'd, you would have had your two years of yeah. being able to take your helmet off. I think that was sponsored. What that was that was driven by the by helmet manufacturers. It's tough and to stuff, say because it's international. Because again, they don't fucking care about yeah, you know, people. I mean, it's not like a safety. We care about your safety. Well, because no, we, we say don't. these we things, be... but we don't do anything to ha- like. <laughs> we don't do anything to actually improve the health of a society. We just try to stop them from not dying. So, well, you, that's they're copper tops. If they die, they cease producing energy. Uh, for the Mark's getting really <laughs> <laughs> oh, cynical, no, too I, cynical because no, it's no, still our, light out our or conspiracy <laughs> theorists are coming out. Uh, that, that, Keep them alive as long as you fucking can. I can always appreciate somebody that'll take more risk than me, which is probably why I don't have a moral crisis with people cheating. When they get found out, they, uh, there's this whole thing. I don't know if you 
on Twitter still with cycling. It's like no matter what the post, no matter who the cyclist is, someone's going to mount that and talk about all the, you know, all the implications of doping for no matter who it is. Sky did this. They used this, this protocol, water. And it's just like, oh, my God, now they're using ketones. Yeah. <laughs> it, there's always going to be something. which And, uh, and Pace and those are available in powder. This is not a pill. <laughs> oh, yeah? yeah? Yeah, drink mix. Should I look into mix. ketones? How I, I'm are they really that uh, uh absolutely let us helpful? have a do you do you want to talk about black umbrella on you know right now? No, or do you wanna, let's we'll talk I'm still, we'll, uh, still under wraps. We'll have the conversation okay. after yeah, off air. But there's a there's a fair Thing amount in of works. knowledge in this room. Cool. <laughs> about, about I'd, love to, I'd love to hear, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There there is some interesting thing. What I'm shocked with is honestly people's misunderstanding of why we're doing sport in the first place. I it's the it's not for entertainment for me. Like when I watch somebody do something, I can see something like spiritual happening. Mm-hmm. Like with them, and by spiritual, I don't mean like esoteric or something you know metaphysical or, or something uh, supernatural. I mean something that gives this person like in the in the um, breakdown of the word the br- like the breath of. Right, that kind of spirit, like it's giving them life, mm-hmm. like this ability to almost kill yourself gives mm-hmm. yourself life, and that—that's what I always appreciate about every effort that I watch, and that's why it doesn't matter. I mean, watching Lance Armstrong ride a bike was so fucking awesome because he had so much style when he did it. Like he was such a fucking dick on a bike, and he could slap people down and chase them down and. Okay, there's some high octane fuel helping him do that, but was in the spirit like it's okay. Did he take those drugs so he didn't feel any pain? Go fuck yourself. That guy could hurt probably worse than anybody, and that's what made him, you know, such a sociopath. He endured pain so well. Um, that, that's what I really have a problem with is people's misunderstanding of what's going on with drug use. Mm. It's not a freebie. It's not a. It's not a, you know, you do this and suddenly you're world champion. There's no fucking such thing as that. Right. Like me on all the drugs in the world still doesn't equal you. Uh, and I, and I, I can appreciate that you on drugs would be fucking insanity maybe. <laughs> but there's still like that. I mean, maybe there, I go both ways with it because when I do find out somebody was doing something, there's a part of you that's kind of sad. There's uh, there's like a purity that goes away from it, I guess. But you don't feel betrayed. No, it's just like it's yeah. interesting though. I have had a recent experience. the The first time I had a competitor test positive was when I was uh, 16 years old, mm. and I was obviously still living in Central Texas, where I'm from, and we had this Texas State series, and there was the the local celebrity pro. Mm quote unquote pro didn't actually do it full time. Sure. We can talk about the definition yeah, of yeah. pro. Um <laughs> bit of a pet peeve. But um he Cat he, One Pro. Cat one pro. <laughs> yeah. Get free socks. M pro. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> um, uh, he I guess some like someone tipped off USADA because he's not the sort of person you would think was doping. Because he would go bookmark that statement. Yeah, he would go race the national championship in the pro ranks and finish like thirty eighth. You know, completely uh, anonymous. Yeah, and Mm. he tested positive for like everything. And (laughs) and that's always well. At least I like his style. (laughs) Like I'm gonna do it all. And and I I was sixteen and I was in that pro field finishing. 
third to seventh or something like that. Mm. Uh, very, very new to the sport. And I, I looked up to this guy and I thought he was really good in the scheme of things. He was not good and he was doping. And he left the sport, was uh, obviously banned, but mm-hmm. also socially exiled. Yeah. Um, I went on to have some success racing and he has since re-entered my life via social media messages. Oh. He emailed the podcast email box yesterday. No way. Yeah. And it's really interesting because I feel um, I, I, it takes a lot for me to hold a grudge. Mm-hmm. And this isn't a scenario in which I'm going to hold a grudge. But I just don't have a whole lot of interest in him. And so I, I engage some. But I, it's very clear to me that there's a piece of him that is trying to mend bridges. Because there was this kid who mm-hmm. he used to race who was one of the many young kids that showed some promise and then actually went to be pro. Mm-hmm. And he wanted that really badly and tried to do it with drugs and still couldn't do it. And so there's this, I don't know, I, I've just been wrestling with this recently where uh, it, I hadn't heard his name for 10 years. And all of a sudden he just resurfaced and you know he's, he's trying to communicate. It's really interesting. I think that could be a really interesting conversation. I think so too. Yeah. Like, uh, and not for any other reason than it might help you wrangle some of your own feelings over like what's going on and probably to understand because you, you you said he's not the kind of person and this this gets said often they said this about um rich froning and crossfit like oh no 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 he's christian what the fuck <laughs> oh, <God>. just like <laughs> holy shit oh yeah like christians don't do that what are you fucking talking about like but we make it's because we make these judgments and, and this comes out all the time it's always like they you know think when, that they can the turn past- water into wine i mean what the fuck well, when the pastor gets caught with little kids or like that there is no telling what somebody is capable of in their own regardless of what they believe it has no idea what the external persona they put on it has nothing to do with what somebody is capable of doing i think we have proven through um, different, you know, psychology experiments and whatnot. Have you seen that show Push on Netflix? No. It's fucking phenomenal. I need to get better about watching things. This show is, it just, it it, it validates a lot of human nature. Mm. And, and this is the point, is like most people will criticize other people for doing something, but they don't understand um, the the vacuum that caused that. And so I have some friends that have been violated some doping violate weightlifters that have violated doping violate or uh regulations yeah have have been caught and it always gets i mean because i didn't know um and when it came to light it was always like well yeah when you do the numbers (laughs) it starts to really make sense but also man what an idiot they were taking that why didn't they take something real (laughs) exactly there's If yeah. you're going to cheat, and, at least cheat well. Yeah, exactly. Do the thing that's actually going to help you win, not the thing that risks the same penalty uh-huh. without the same like, without the same benefit. You yeah. want asymmetrical risk. Like, mm. I want the biggest reward with the least amount of risk. Mm. That's what we're all going for. Mm. And so if you're going to do something, please don't use X substance because that's fucking stupid. It's in a pre-workout and it doesn't even do anything for you yeah. or, or whatever. But when you see under, like, in this case, it was a friend of ours that um, got caught with uh, Anavar and uh, Clembuterol for for a weightlifting match. And the second I heard it, I was just like, 
computer all are you fucking well i was high? like oh they were just informed by somebody who's really fucking stupid, stupid. yeah, yeah it's like yeah. They talk to a bodybuilder about prepping for a weightlifting competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you fucking out of your mind? Yeah. And sure enough, when you start looking at the well, scenario, don't you want to look super lean when you're lifting the weight? <laughs> totally. I don't <laughs> want to win. I just want to look. So wait, could, I, does clen- I should know this because it's been a high profile drug in, in my sport. But is is clenbuterol kind of a does it cut weight? Uh, yes, okay. it's a. a it's a beta two antagonist that has a thermogenic effect on your metabolism. So you you. You burn fat while you sleep, oh. but <laughs> if it, you can uh, sleep. But if you have a, really but if you have a, but no. if you, have, I know I would no. go faster, but I don't think it would be good. But <laughs> if you have a sport that requires intense muscular contractions, mm. it's not the best. It's not the best. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the cramping yeah. is terrible. Actually, it's can, can, I have a question. Yeah. I have a question in regards to CrossFit. Mm. <clears throat> Trembolone. No, I'm I, just joking. <laughs> I, I don't I, I don't pay attention to that world uh, too too much. Yeah. I, I work out at a CrossFit gym and I do CrossFit exercises, yeah. but not with a time component. Sure, yeah, yeah. I know plenty of CrossFitters. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole low carbohydrate in CrossFit, <laughs> yeah. I don't understand that. It's is idiotic. is that an aesthetic thing? No, they, no, it's an it's idiotic most, thing. It's most, not a performance. Thing. Most like, of them also don't understand. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like you have you have <laughs> a fighter jet, and you put like eighty five <laughs> ethanol. Like it's not even that. It's like putting water in it. They, so, <laughs> like literally, you're you're putting the wrong you're trying to run a tesla on gas so right? you have to understand like, do i have that right though in. physiologically yeah, yeah, yeah. you you're looking at it from a physiological standpoint but um how these things came about were a cultural standpoint right so crossfit there are so few people that understand why they do things oh for sure i feel like for sure. in any discipline yeah, yeah, yeah. totally the um, the degree to which fads rule <laughs> sports sense. is Fucking unbelievable. Yeah. The number of things that people do. My peers who are professionals, yeah. shit they do. I'm like, have you thought about why you're doing that? Well, Joe Rogan said <laughs> ketogenic diet, and he knows some stuff, so... <sighs> right? <laughs> I mean, he's a guy that doesn't actually have to go that hard for a living, and he can yeah. recover whenever he wants, and he really doesn't maintain that low of a body fat percentage. And yeah, keto diet should work for a professional athlete. Getting or like cro- cross-country mountain bike racing. I need to drink a gallon of water. In the two hours before I race. Yeah. You could drink nothing and be fine as long as it's like not 80 degrees. We should hit on hydration because this, I mean. Yeah. Just, even though we've, so we, we have. I'll but try to explain. Yeah, I'll try I'm to explain sorry, the CrossFit I mean, low carb thing. Um, so <laughs> CrossFit. Which is good. Yeah. Have some more. Because it's octane. No, I'm just, yeah. the, um, So CrossFit developed in an era that were combat. They, they were trying to combat the the norms of fitness okay. which were bodybuilding era fucking axioms that don't make any sense and not not only the norms but the things that were projected as okay this is what a fit person looks like yeah, yeah. this is fitness mm-hmm. and it was and it was all appearance based rather than look under uh, the hood based yeah. mm-hmm. low intensity you know high rep scheme stuff that was in men's health so that's when they <laughs> came on the scene or men's fitness, we can't. It, or yeah, muscle and fitness, any of them. Pick any yeah. of them, and that's the garbage that's in there. Muscle Media 2000. <laughs> that one's gone, but that was one of my favorites. It was one of the best ones. Um, so that- when they were coming about developing this stuff, they, they were the first company that really got people who didn't need to to do hard training. 
that is yeah. phenomenal in its own regard. Absolutely amazing. And so they also were in um, an era where endurance, Lydiard style, volume, whatever, was kind of how we related to sports and, and, and performance and fitness. Because if you said somebody was fit, we're probably talking about a triathlete mm. or we're talking yeah, about f- a Tour de France winner. L- let's just say that 20 yeah. years ago, the fittest man in the world was an Ironman triathlon, mm-hmm. triathlete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now it's a different defining thing. fitness is a very interesting conversation too. All you got to all you got to do is like fit for what? Yeah, and, and then, then the conversation's over because nobody understands fit versus healthy. Also, yeah. oh well, those are mutually exclusive. <laughs> well, no, performance and health. Oh, performance I think, and health, yeah, yeah are yeah, mutually yeah, exclusive. Yeah, yeah. Fit, Sorry, you know yeah. who knows? Maybe, yeah. but 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 th- th- there's there's the thing. It's like mm. the the people that conflated or put those two ideas together that that performance was equal to health mm. were the people that got us to the wrong zone in the first place. And they just wanted to sell a magazine in the same section that was the fitness and health section, <laughs> which, which is. Um, but 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 there's an interesting thing that like okay to to, to perform well you will be doing negative things to your body mm. it's a given I'm sorry and yeah. and and all of the organizational <laughs> bodies trying to come along with regulations and I'll go back to the ski jumper thing that mm, yeah, yeah. we had talked about um, recently and there's a there's a uh, an article a little bit about it on in the journal section of the website um, but talking about like th- trying to prevent eating disorders among ski jumpers. <laughs> Fuck. Because, okay, because the lighter you are, the further you fly, mm. right? The lighter you are and the fatter your, and longer your skis are, the further you fly. Personally, in, in, if in I was in the story. business of like more or less jumping out of planes, yeah, I'd want some extra cushion. But that's the, just me. Well, I would not want to be a fragile stick. But but then, okay, but it, but it, but I get but, it. But yeah. it is. But this is a controlled event. Like the, okay, you're you're using gravity. You're you know to 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 glide down the launch ramp mm. and then. And then, it, you know, soar out into space. And they just said, okay, you can only have ski. If you weigh this and you're, I don't even say tied it to BMI or whatever, but, but um, you, you, if you want to use the big skis, you got to weigh this weight. And so you can't take it, even if you're willing to take the risk, even if you're willing to eat kale and dirt and drink <laughs> nothing but water and whatever to get as light as possible to win, you're willing to take a risk mm-hmm. to improve your performance that might have a negative effect on your health. Who gives a fuck if that's your personal <laughs> choice? Yeah, yeah. Like, and then somebody comes along and says, "We care about athlete safety and health, and we think we and we know be- and we know better because we're the organization that can uh, can actually come up with and then apply and and uh, and enforce these rules." So now, okay, there's a guy, and, and I came. This was 2010 when when this whole discussion was going on um, around the Vancouver Olympics, mm-hmm. I guess, um, and. You know the, the the guy who wins the gold medal. He he he. The following year, he wouldn't be able to use the same skis because he would have to gain nine pounds or something. Which is like, no, I'm not gonna fuck that. I'm I'll I'll, I'll fly with the shorter skis and I'll you know do my best. But now we're introducing these ideas mm. of you know that that regulations that have to do with individual health that have a negative effect on performance. Mm-hmm. In the sense of like, we want to see what humans are capable of, but not, uh, but, but let, let's reduce the amount of risk that they're, that we allow them to take. But why? Like, what is the, neg- what is it influencing somebody? Is there like, is, are they winning at someone else's expense? Is there, you know, is there genuinely something that that person is doing that is going to negatively influence an observer to engage in 
some like they just I, care. I, I, I don't they care so deeply about human beings' experience that they want to ensure that they're healthy, that they live the longest, and that everybody has just the best experience possible on this earth. And yeah. that is a genuine. Thing Especially in the NFL. <laughs> well, I was going to say, and they had something similar. A regula- <laughs> they had a similar regulatory body come out and say that models should have these height, weight, BMI things to yeah. ensure that models Good don't get too skinny. It didn't last very long mm. because the clothes didn't sell. And if the clothes don't sell, then the models don't have jobs. And if the models don't have jobs, the money falls out the bottom. Suddenly, no one cares about fucking health anymore. Exactly. And this is similar to how it's everything progresses no, and then you get body positive <laughs> as a reaction to that we won't get we won't get pacing in trouble with that. <laughs> yeah but yeah let's you not. won't go down Sorry. that road uh, uh, so <laughs> so quickly Look, we back, didn't get in that much trouble back to the the the, the crossfit thing they, they were fighting the um the the common i don't know fitness era stuff which was interpretation of yeah and they were kind of fighting the long slow distance thing which has made them wrong in a lot of aspects but also correct in a couple aspects like you there is no fitness to be gained by being on an elliptical for 20 minutes three days a week that isn't fitness and they were correct in that um so they fought that paradigm but that was neither long nor slow well it was slow probably it was slow but it it wasn't long long. (laughs) and so there was also this this concern with you know what nutrition goes along with this new style of eating and at first it was the zone which was controlled macronutrients and calorie load and a very typical you know whatever but it was just hyper controlled and within this bed it it was hey folks you should start paying attention to what you eat, and this is the this is the easiest way that we have figured out to, to help people do that. Yeah, and and within that system grew out a couple of like predominant people who are interested in ancestral health, like this idea right. that humans have evolved a certain way. Yeah, and through that was paleo, and um, w- which is now turning into you know we had variations of low carb high fat right, paleo that's trademarked so well and lauren cordain, really someone trademarked no, probably that? But uh, I don't yeah, know. lauren cordain <laughs> has well the, the paleo diet for athletes is is trademarked i think but right but that's yeah well so lauren but cordain, that's cordain is, and joel joe friel together paleo, yeah oh okay i think I it was wasn't it i didn't think joe friel was on that Maybe he jumped on. Now you got to check. Yeah, I got it. Now so, I got to put the goggles on. And find yeah. Out. So there's this idea. And, and with that, you started to see the combination of high intensity exercise, low carbohydrate and high fat. Because mostly when people come into fitness, they first want to look fit. Mm. They're not actually wanting to be fit because that shit hurts, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you want to be fit? Go this hard and do this performance metric. And, you know, hey, what's a fit 400? I don't know. Run a 50 second. No, man. Can I run a sub 60 and still be considered fit? Yeah. Okay, so I don't have to hurt as bad. So most people, when they're talking about fitness, are talking about the appearance of fitness, which in some cases is the removal of carbohydrate in order to strike a calorie balance, in order to be in a deficit, in order to reduce body fat. And then now I look fit. And so that followed into the CrossFit genre. And that still heavily plays a role because most people do not need carbohydrate in order to perform most people doing crossfit are not performing Mm. (laughs) therefore you see the combination work actually pretty well um although you're running into problems eventually because if people really do things seriously and they actually account for it and they really try to go low carb the first thing that you see is this is a glycolytic sport it's a glycolytic activity you are 
burning fucking tissue down like crazy because the intensity is so high. So Wait, yes, Cordain and Jeff Friel. Okay. Yeah. Um, Wait, Joe Friel was the one that. Well, so he so so uh, Cordain put out you know the the the, the first book. Um, the paleo diet about the paleo diet and then you know people were trying to use it and that sort of thing and and realizing like oh for athletes you actually you need to you need to modify this a little bit and you can from paleo sources you just have to and what came out of that book that the, the only interesting thing that came out of the book for me is was like, oh the idea of you know nutrition periodization that oh i'm gonna go do a really high intensity effort i probably need to eat like a dozen sweet potatoes beforehand yeah. you know or you know, maybe I'll have six before and then six after to re- to recover, okay, yeah. and then I'll go back into my more, you know, uh, 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 protein and fat dominant diet as opposed to, you know, the the, the carb the carb dominant diet that I, or what what I would need to to use as as fuel for this high intensity effort um, is not coming from the protein and the fat; it's coming from this other source. And so it was this mm-hmm. this idea of like not eating sort of low carb, you know carbohydrates all from like leaves and berries the, the the entire time yeah and and that was all that came out of that book for me but there was some there's some really good stuff that goes along with all these little things that encapsulate a really yeah. bad thing and it, maybe it's not really bad because people are like oh man you know they're not gonna eat carbohydrates so, well so what they're just gonna have poor performance like that's that's it's really just, all you're looking at it's, it's awesome like yeah the inability to you're produce power this. or recover sometimes you can get into some weird metabolic issues and this this is i've seen this happen especially with like <laughs> this sounds really bad because i'm about to stereotype the fuck out of this but they're, they're, <laughs> that's fun sometimes there hey, is, we're in a sandbox man it's okay. yeah there's a genre <laughs> and i'm gonna call it the um I'm a mom, wanted to be an athlete, but never got the opportunity till I found CrossFit kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's all bets Who are off. we should give a shout out to for being active at Fuck all. Fuck yeah, go for it. Yeah. yeah. But now... There's definitely not this a no-needle policy there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, is a, this is a really big sub-genre inside CrossFit where you get these females that are empowered, you know, awesomely by other women doing crazy things with weightlifting yeah, and, and CrossFit. For sure. And they get empowered and they find that they have a little bit of ability and that becomes their um, their hobby, their focus, their sport, and basically everything. Mm-hmm. And they put everything they can into being essentially what amounts to... CrossFit mom. A CrossFit mom. Yeah. Or a CrossFit you know, 20-something that has nothing better to do. And they'll run into problems because there's so much misinformation. First yeah. of all, you're dealing with a female athlete, which is a little bit different than a male athlete, only in terms of glycogen storage and the ability to recover. They add in intermittent fasting, which can be a problem because of that thing. They because if they low- start doing 19.5, which yeah. was actually you know appro- maybe appropriate for a male, but yeah. then for a female, the, the, the fasting, you know, the, the length of the fast needs to be a bit shorter. Yeah, and then you see... But nobody talks about... Reduced carbohydrate on top of that, plus really extremely high intensity exercise compounded with all these other things you're looking at basically depleting glycogen past the point where insulin can shuttle it and it starts tapping cortisol and once it taps cortisol you start to see hemoglobin a1c numbers go crazy and you start to see pre-diabetic issues in people that are functionally should be pretty healthy and that that's just like the metabolic wackiness that happens with high intensity exercise that's the worst case scenario um and all they really have to do is fucking back the fuck off or eat some rice, and you're gonna, yeah. and you're gonna yeah. be fine. And also, I, I'm, I'm, I think cross the gluten will not go to your glutes. 
I mean, in a bad way. I wish that it would. (laughs) Honestly, I I think CrossFit's kind of like social media in some ways where it's all about how you use it, I think. And, um, oh yeah. And, and I, CrossFit is really fucking hard. Mm -hmm. And so if you support that with Mm -hmm. good decisions around the effort, Mm -hmm. it's good for you. I think it's got to be, it can't help. Like when something is really physically hard, Mm -hmm. I think it almost has to be good for you. It makes, it makes people better. I will say that people doing harder things is always better. Yeah. Uh, Especially when they're uncomfortable. And then if you have like the reference point, like, Mm -hmm. okay, I got, whether you're competing in CrossFit or not, if you are going to the CrossFit gym three days a week Mm -hmm. or whatever, and, and so, and that's not a formal competition, but it is a, but it is (laughs) competition. Um, it, you have that as a reference point. You start modifying other behaviors mm. in order to perform better on those three days a week. Mm. Like so the, the stuff in the other 160 hours or whatever that you're not in the gym that you start noticing and maybe trying to change so that on Monday, Wednesday and Friday or whatever your mm. you know frequency is, you have the possibility to, to perform in an increasingly better fashion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're saying um, taking like, like having the reference point mm-hmm. is good because it forces mm-hmm. because it compels you to pay attention more globally, let's say. Yes, absolutely. I I love 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 that concept. I had a funny experience uh I don't know why I remember this so vividly, but it was in high school. Um I was about 3 year I just heard a bing. Yeah, we're good. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's just telling us we've been talking for 90 minutes. Oh, wow. Look at us go. Look at us go. Um, I, I was a few years into riding a bike seriously and thus a few years into learning what it meant to be uncomfortable often and, and having control over that and, and, and finding the motivation to do that. And I was in a car with a couple friends and it was a warm day in Austin, Texas and the air conditioning in the car wasn't working. I didn't even notice. And the other folks in the car could not stand it. And right? they couldn't stop talking about they it either. They could not stop oh, talking about it. So that made it, it even worse. Yeah. And and every every time, I mean to this day, every time I do an event or am in some sort of race battle mm-hmm. that makes my that pushes my personal envelope, it just resets the thermostat. Like Dirty Kansas for example this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything else in my life got easier after Dirty Kanza. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's so awesome that so many people are having that experience. There are so oh, many yeah. people racing Dirty Kanza, racing Leadville 100, even if it's just a dang 5K. Like, that's, yeah. that's a foot in the door, and that that's better than many. And again, it's a reference point. It's just like, okay, so I have this objective, this thing that I want to do. How do I prepare for it? Because I, don't, I want to do it to the best of my current ability or the best of my ability will be in six months because i that's when that thing is happening and i've already decided i want to try and do it um i think those are good things but uh but we don't present them in that way Mm. as as a as something which you can use kind of as a touchstone that will allow you to globally make better decisions based on you know because i want to perform better at that objective and and you know and and health overall health that's not powerful enough to get people to change their behavior if you think fitness is hard to define Uh, try to define health yeah well it's an interesting so just this year i've started coming to terms with 
the uh, negative impact that my sport is having on my body. Yeah. And I wrestled with it for a few months before coming to a positive conclusion. But um, I've, I've broken both wrists, one of them twice. Uh, this tricep issue we were talking about off air where I broke my elbow and had a surgery not go perfectly. And my right tricep is at a third the function that it should be. So you were not on your bike when you broke your wrist? I was. I was, yeah. You were on the bike? Mm-hmm. Or you had come off the bike. I, I, <laughs> I was well, ejected. It's funny. Actually, one of the times, I'm just, one of the times I, just I broke need some clarification. I here, broke basically. my scaphoid without knowing it. Okay. Whoa. Uh, by uh, the how hard my hand pushed into the handlebar. So basically, I I went off a jump pretty poorly and slammed so hard that my wrist just yeah. got jammed into the handlebar. I did eventually come off the bike, but my, my skateboard didn't break when I caught myself on the ground. It broke when I caught <laughs> myself on the handlebar. still gripping the handlebar. Okay. Uh, okay. So sometimes it's a gray okay. area. But yeah, yeah. It's a bit, it started there and <laughs> yeah, then ended yeah, there. Yeah. And then I, I'm just being a total dick. I thought it would be kind of funny. It's like, it's oh, no, you, were, you hurt yourself when you failed to do your sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair, fair. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, because I'm a climber. If I get hurt falling, <laughs> you weren't climbing. I, I was failing <laughs> to do my hurt? sport. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I this year I, I started to realize that I couldn't do some things. Like I can't interlace my fingers behind my back. Yeah, and, and kyphosis. Flip my hands because yes. my wrists fucking hurt. I can do uh, it, yeah. but it's excruciating. Okay, because I've got all this scar tissue in there and blah blah yeah. blah, and. I went through a few months this summer. Where I was like, I'm 26 years old, and this is how I feel. Mm. Fuck. Yeah, shit's gonna what get am, bad. Like, is is this o- the... is this okay? Yeah. And then Jesus, well, you started thinking about that about 10 years sooner than I did. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I would have done some things differently had I thought about that at 26. Yeah. But the conclusion I came to eventually Probably was... Actually not. I wouldn't have, but... Exactly. The the <laughs> alternative is not doing what I love and not living... Yeah. These bodies are such a gift. Like, Michael Phelps can swim almost as fast as a lot of fish. You can climb like Spider-Man. Uh, I mean... It, not now. <laughs> there's... Not even then. <laughs> I mean, Spider-Dan, Godwin. He could, he could climb like Spider-Man, but... Yeah. Anyway, Point being, sorry. let's use it. Like, yeah. I th- I think it was you who said on on the, when we spoke earlier on my podcast. You know, if all of this now means I live ten years less on the back end, at I, least they're believe, taking it off the back end. I believe I said it's, that they yeah. take it off the back end. Yeah, yeah. it's the worst <laughs> ten years anyway. <laughs> so it's easy it's, to say when you're 26, but the more I thought about it, I was like. Yeah, bring it on. Let, let's break another ankle. I mean, of course, you don't want to break more bones, but it's the price of speed. And I am mm. blasting down Teton Pass the other day at 62 miles an hour, putting my life Worth on it. the line. Fuck yeah. Worth it. So good. But then, but, <laughs> it, and, and, and if you, well, depending on how you come off, right, right, it, right. it'll just be over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like mountain yeah. lion style. Okay. <laughs> never see it coming. <laughs> never see it coming. Just part of the food chain. You're just another. Could be, you know, could could be transmission fluid on the road, or that could have been, you know. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm sure my mom, well, I'm not sure my mom may listen to this. I'm sorry, mom. I I am not near the the uh, the adrenaline junkie that some folks are out there. But genuinely, I would much rather 
use use it. my body for these amazing experiences rather than optimize and live to 110. Yeah. We've had the did we we might have had the longevity conversation. It's just like, oh yeah. man, all you okay, you're going to live to 110. All your friends are, you know, the last 30 years. <laughs> how are you going to make new dead. friends at yeah. 80, at 90, at 100? Like, at the bingo it, table. It, well, it, yeah, but then, but those are people. You make a new friend at 80 and they're, they're, they're gone next year. Yeah. Because they were, they were, you know, on borrowed time anyway. But it, it always seemed to me like the whole, um, that, and it came up in a discussion with uh, about the sort of very low carbohydrate diet and that kind of thing being being the 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 only thing that has been demonstrated in um, primate populations mm. to increase longevity. Low carb, uh, uh, well, it, it's low calorie. Yeah, ah. calorie restriction. Excuse me, it's calorie really? restriction. Really, calorie it's restriction. It's yeah. like the only thing is huh. demonstrated to yeah. because you're just giving your body less work to do, I guess. Interesting. Um, and, and people who are like, okay, I got to wear gloves when I go into the frozen food section at the grocery store. I'm like, I'm out. All right. Like, I'm, it's like fingerless gloves in a fucking grocery store. I'm sorry, dude. You look, that, that, that's just, um, but, but you're going to live long, you know, longer. And, and maybe that allows you to accumulate more knowledge and communicate these lessons that you've had and these mm. experiences that you've had. But generally, you know, a very low calorie diet prevents you from having, you know, physical experiences. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, those require fuel. Yeah. Generally, I'd rather have the you know, yeah, take a decade or two off the back end. Yeah. Let me have these experiences now, and I'll just do the best that I can to sort of, you know, communicate and share whatever it was that I saw from that edge. Absolutely. Um, uh, w while I'm still here, and then afterwards, you know, one of and I couldn't believe that I'd never heard this before, but. Um, a new friend, uh, someone named Kelsey Serwa, who won Olympic gold in ski cross at the last okay. Olympics, um, was part of the very random crew we had racing together at the BC Bike Race. Uh, she's part of the Lululemon family, who is okay. what brought us all together. And I forget what the scenario was. I think one of us had crashed, and she said, "Hey, if you're not living up, if you're not living on the edge." You're taking up too much room. <laughs> nice. And I was like, heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> First of all, a ski crosser would say that. Well, yeah, and exactly. Also, because I love it. <laughs> it because the, I was going to make some glib comment about the, 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 the safety of that sport being allowed at the Olympics. We care about, you know, cause all there's going to be left. If it, if it has to be totally safe, mm. the only thing left is curling. Ping pong is incredibly dangerous. You could lose an eye easily. Yeah, for sure. Blow an ACL. Yeah, yeah. The stuff that you think is not. You just have to see the way it's played. Yeah. We were watching a Diamond League uh, meet the other night, and uh, and it's it, it still blows me away what people who do the pole vault <laughs> like. That's what my go, dad did. Okay. Oh, yeah. Jesus. I. It's remarkable how. F yeah. And high it in the air, make... like can't... well, he got he got into kayaking and bike racing because he missed the pit a couple times. Whoa! And, yeah. Okay, so you're basically land diving off a two story building. Yeah. Essentially, under your collarbone. Like a... <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Broken broken poles. Yeah. You know, he was a super so high level. That is the part that. Yeah. When the pole would, snaps. If a pole snap, I'm just like, whoa! whoa, whoa Talk about you're... psychological strength. How do you get up for your next jump? No Tell shit. me that. Fuck. 
or <laughs> yeah, this, no, this yeah. thing that I'm using to launch myself into yeah, the stratosphere with is now, you know, fibrous daggers. Yeah. <laughs> that happily didn't go through me. And I have a spare pole. I mean, uh, it was a, there was a funny thing. And one of the guys who was the, and, and it's a guy who's really good. He might be current Euro- European champion or he might be just be the, um, or he's the world champion and he was being threatened by this young European kid. Um, but he has, he has like, oh yeah, I have sets of poles. You know, I have some in the States and I have some in Europe and I have some, you know, mm. other places. So I, I could just, I, I don't have to travel with my poles to compete or something. And I just thought, wow, okay, that's, there's something like there, there are aspects of every sport that you don't consider. Yeah. It's like, yeah. how do you, how do you, I don't know how long a, a pole to vault with is, mm. but long. clearly that's oversized baggage. And also putting myself <laughs> and he's taught me to pull vault a little bit, like okay. very much the basics, but the the parallel I would draw is it's like during a bike race. If someone told me, yeah, your brakes might go out, potentially. It'll happen, you know, every third or fourth race. You just won't have brakes randomly. Like your bike will just fail. You'll go to pull the brakes and they're not there. It, to me, it's the same with pole vaulting. Like, yes, you're going to launch into the stratosphere. And while you're upside down, 18 feet in the air, yeah. this thing that you're holding on to will break and you will fall back to the earth head first into cement into not the pit (laughs) (laughs) i i haven't really had my brakes randomly go out on my bike well exactly it's wonderful it's wonderful that they don't yeah especially coming down teton pass the other day but i mean can you imagine if that was a thing yeah not at all (laughs) like 25 percent of the time failure but then then but like I think about that and I go, okay, well, I was involved, you know, when I was climbing, you know, I was in a period when we're pushing the development of ice climbing technology. Yeah. And I remember one trip in the Canadian Rockies where I think we broke 13 picks that, Whoa, you know, in a, on the ice tool. And, <laughs> and so that, so the first, my first development with Gravel, one of them was like to make the mark proof pick because I was sick of these, but yeah, they're, they're, they're super high performance. But then they, but then they, they snap, and it's not like you can just like you know cock the shotgun and a new fucking pick comes out (laughs) or something. It's just like okay, no, now I have to, I can, I can throw that one because I get them for free and it's broken, and just take the spare. And I would like, especially when I was soloing, I would carry four tools. I was like the two that in my hands, and then two spares. And people are like, "That's crazy heavy." I'm like, and the alternative is this, Mm. and so yeah, there, there are probably and 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 the tool manufacturers g- arrived at a point when you know how light is too light they got the they mm. got the answer yeah and and i think in, <laughs> in bike technology that eventually yeah. i don't know i saw a 13 bike. pounds on a road bike or something is a bit. Four, i think it's 14 7 which well that's the, which is what is, i'm saying 13 is too light <laughs> yeah <laughs> but well, you can get today, them down you can get them so much lighter 14 these days. 14 7 I th- that rule heavy. was in like the late 90s yeah i mean it's oh, really? def- well maybe early 2000s but it should be it should be updated what is your rig weigh now road bike or mountain bike mountain bike uh, the hardtail I have weighs 19 pounds. Nice. The full suspension I have varies mm-hmm. based on the setup. Um, one nice thing about this new full suspension is that it can be a 120 bike, so more capable, yeah, yeah. or a uh, 100 bike. And so oh, nice. when it's in its 120 format, it's about 23 and a half pounds. Mm-hmm. When it's in its uh, 100, it's closer to 22. Ooh. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cut pound. How um, and what what format did you use for white rim? 
that's kind of a little bit of a complicated answer. I didn't have a choice. Oh, is okay. the short answer. Yeah. Um, I used the 120 version. Okay. Uh, which isn't necessarily what I would have picked. Yeah. But. But there was no the, option. The movie also needed to be paid for. Oh right. So I re- gotcha. I do I do remember a comment, and now that everything's done and dusted, let's say a comment of you saying like because you did a reconnaissance mm-hmm. of the of the of the white rim yep. before was and that if I'm not mistaken that was on a gravel bike. It was on a hardtail. It was on a hardtail. Okay, mm-hmm. I remember some comment somewhere where you saying I. I welcomed every yeah. millimeter yeah. of travel. Yeah, yeah. which and wasn't which wasn't untrue. I should I should clarify. So, one of the wonderful aspects of this um, white rim project is that it was, in large measure, a blank slate. Like there, yeah. there's no like, blueprint for what was fastest. It was yeah. all just what I could put together. So I I say that I wouldn't have picked a 120 mil bike because it's it that bike is heavier than a mm-hmm. hundred. Yeah, mill bike, but there's a section. Did from, that did that pound and a half? Like, is that a a relevant amount of heavier? Yes. Okay. Wow. Especially when you're doing Schaefer last. Yeah. yeah, yeah well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> touche. But but um, I mean, to be exact, it's it's a difference of about five watts. Okay. Which uh, percentage wise is is significant. very significant and Jeez. equates to on a climb that long probably close to a minute maybe more whoa okay um but anyway point being from which doesn't sound like a lot but i mean i quote unquote blew the record out of the water and beat it by 14 minutes over the course of almost six hours so the margins are small (laughs) oh yeah but anyway the um there's a section from about mile well depending on how you route it from mile 70 to 90 ish um that's really 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 rough and there when you're 70 miles you've already got a lot of fatigue into oh my god i was so thankful for all of that travel yeah yeah. Yeah. so whether the 120 bike or the 100 bike would have been faster is it would need a lot more testing yeah but what i did know after the trial run that you mentioned is that i sure as hell was not gonna ride a hardtail really okay oh yeah and a gravel bike is completely out of the question i mean you could do it but it would be slower and you might not have working hands afterwards yeah yeah it's it's interesting because because the, the the way that people judge things is in the showroom yeah it's not 70 miles deep mm. like oh yeah you learned the lesson after the fact or whatever but most of the time you're just like oh no i'm gonna go with the gravel bike because it's lighter and i'm like oh yeah mm. and you're gonna be way more fucking tired yeah Fatigue but because it. you are the you are the shock absorbing system yeah yeah. You know, in your yeah. body, in your elbows, in your wrists, in your yeah. shoulders, in yeah. everything. Yeah. And, and it, it, so, but my gravel bike, like, fucking barely weighs 16 pounds. Yeah. 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 So I'm, it sounds like, fast. So, so it sounds fast. Yeah. Until you got 70 miles in. Yeah. And then you're, you, the bike is still fast. Getting the, you, beat, however, are yeah. not. Getting the <laughs> shit beat out of you yeah. feels fast. <laughs> no seriously yes. like yeah. you're just getting hammered yeah. hammered by rocks you've Spitting got so fillings. much feedback yeah, yeah it's yeah. like when you're you're in an f1 car and it's got such t- yeah, or, or yeah, any yeah. sort of fast car it's got really tight suspension yeah we're just programmed to be like ah oh, this is fast it's tuned for racing yeah. if you were to go race an f1 car across uh you know the baja 1000 wouldn't be very fast yeah yeah <laughs> Nor would you finish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's but, interesting. Cause I've really liked, like, I've really liked the the 
the gravel biking and that's kind of what it was a really good way to get off the road because mm-hmm. of trying to get off the road mm-hmm. as in like i can't like people aren't paying attention it's super dangerous yep. and the gravel bike was like a cool way to not equate my shitty now performance with what i thought was good performance before so it's a way to like take my identity out of doing an activity mm-hmm. as a cool perfect no power meter no garmin no anything i can just ride and enjoy it yep. and if i have to jump on a section of road perfect i can do that and i'm not too slow but now I've gone almost the other way and been like, man, a full suspension bike means I can ride longer. Like my body can put up with it. And like, I don't have like the nerve pain in my neck and this weird stuff. Let me, let me just yeah. throw one in here. Hacky sex got way more fun too. I, I bet. I bet. I'm going to get you a pair of plaid shorts. Um, so let's just talk about, you know, one of the fitness fads of the last mm. 10 to 15 years. Okay. The vibrating plate. (laughs) I hypothesize that due to the amount of micro and sometimes macro vibrations that I am absorbing with my body when I'm on my gravel bike, I am getting more fitness per mile out of that bike than I would on a full suspension bike, which would be kind of like driving a couch. So you know Russ Green dug up the research papers from the NSCA and found out that most of those research on the vibration place was fraudulent, that they were funded by the company who actually did them and there was some back channel shit. So the vibration plate meaning as a recovery device or? As a a way to... uh, we're talking like a shake weight or no, 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 no we're talking vibration plate right. that you stand actual, on, right? Yeah. Plate that yeah. you stand on and you can squat and you can do other yeah. exercises okay. on it. Cause I've, I've but, used those for like stretching. Yeah. yeah. If you put one, like if I take a mobility ball and put it on my glute and sit on one, perfect. Like it works right. really, really well. Yeah. But what they're talking about, the research that what, what they were first designed for was to, um, enact muscle fibers to get a deeper, <laughs> like actual, to, to recruit more yeah and like, that like so that would increase strength or whatever mm. so, so all in the 10 data, minutes a day if you've yeah. got one of these ten thousand yeah. dollar vibration plates yeah. you'll be fit yeah for some you've reason not what, only spent ten thousand dollars but <laughs> it's like i mean it's weird the, how mu- that's the muscular true. the muscular system isn't that electrical mm. in terms of innervating the muscles well there's something uh, and Virco- chemical vercochansky uh vercochansky came up with something called the shock method which is, and it's based on a similar thing, is that if you shock the muscle with a high, like an intense impact, the muscle contraction can be like 10 times that if uh, from a... Uh, then you could do voluntarily. Yeah, resistant, through resistance exercises. That's true. But he does it using depth jumps and yeah. different kind of bounding yeah, yeah, and yeah. impacts. They took that same theory and said, oh, we can make a sh- like a machine that causes impact on a micro scale over and over again and that would be the same thing right yeah and you wouldn't have to jump then or risk any injury because yeah. you can just sit on this plate yeah i guess where you i'm going just with stand on the vibrating plate yeah. it it's, would be like stand you know those belts yeah the, like, <laughs> that would like you sort of looks like a horse collar that goes around your waist yeah. and yeah, it would yeah, like yeah, yeah. massage the fat out of you or whatever <laughs> yeah. Massage yeah that didn't freeze work it off. yeah yeah for some reason what comes to mind is like if you have some wires that are carrying current and you shake them, they <laughs> they carry current better. No, I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> that's perfect. It is. Yeah, yeah. Now that you say it, it's fucking ridiculous. But it took basically two decades for them to find where the fraud no, was. No, but that's what I'm saying, though. It's like, yeah. isn't at, at its root, like our muscles are innervated through 
neural electrical uh, electrical yeah. and neurochemical. So yeah. why would like shaking? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because they're ta- well, because because anyway. we can get money for it. That's yeah, why. well, so we could say one way by physical impact. If I impact the muscle. It has to repair itself. Yeah, it it, it repairs to the physical world. So, there is, in a sense, they're going. If they go off the shock method, in theory, it could work. Well, what they forgot to think about is that, like, stress is stress, and if there's no stress there, there's no reaction to compensate for it. So, if sitting on a plate stresses you out, you would feel it, and Mm. if I don't feel it, there's no stress response. Mm. Therefore, I'm not entering into the cycle where supercompensation can come mm, about. Interesting. So I just, Wouldn't it be simple if... And I, I'm not saying no pain, no gain, but all of these things... We were talking about weight loss earlier. Mm. If all of these things like freezing off your weight, mm-hmm. zapping off your weight, all these things, if you don't feel it, <laughs> can it work? Like almost by definition. Well, if it well, did work, would it work? Like if you snapped your fingers and I was the image that I wanted to be all jacked and muscly and tan, for some reason tan, because <laughs> you look better jacked or whatever, would I, does that do the thing for me? Mm. I don't think that it does. I think yeah, there, there's something inherent enough. in stripping it away and, and doing the work and being in pain and dealing with the, the hard decisions of should I eat cake? No, I'm not going to eat cake. But also... While experiencing this Mm. discomfort, let's say, it allows you to look at all of the behavior of the past Mm -hmm. that brought you to the point where you decided to make a change. Whereas if you all you could do was snap your fingers, then it's super easy to go back to the bad behavior because it never cost anything and you never had never examined it. But if you know, if we if if we're asking the question about whether if you can't feel it can it be good you know can it can it do good i guess we can do something because people don't feel themselves gaining weight yeah, <laughs> like sure, but is <laughs> isn't an inheritance a good thing like does being a trust fund baby is that a positive thing hmm. like is just receiving money is that helpful in some cases, depends on who you are, right? Yeah. Well, it 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 really depends on the person and how they do it, what they do with it, what their you know, what their ability is. Um, but in most cases, I would say no. the The path is you know not to get too Eastern philosophical, but the the path is the way, not the the destination is irrelevant. It's about figuring out points on this way, and those teach us the inherent lessons. And eventually, achieving the goal is totally pointless. You don't need to achieve anything. Like that becomes just another point to look forward and achieve the next thing. But along the way, that experience is really worth something. Like that, there is something inherently useful about identifying the fact that I need to change this thing in order to do X. And then I start asking questions. How do I do that? How did I get here? Where am I going? What do I need to do to get there? How do I prepare? Those <laughs> in, in any objective that is the relevant line of questioning and it'll teach you more about yourself than anybody else can teach you by showing you how to do those things yeah so when usually people just like oh man if i only knew how to cook or i only knew how to diet or only knew as much as you guys about exercise it'd be like well that would be besides the point yeah left the i'm gonna bring this full circle for a second because that Mm. guy i was talking about earlier Mm. who was the local racer who tested positive yeah the thing that he emailed me so on my podcast some of the thing one of the subjects we've talked about 
pretty frequently is the uh, very surprising depression slash doldrums that come after a big achievement. And uh, <laughs> we, we just didn't we just. Oh, no, we've talked. It, no, it's come up a lot. I'm just I'm kind of curious that. Yeah. So um, so we I, I talked about how when I won my first national title, it was glorious for a day or two afterward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I had a rough couple months. And then what they're next? following. Yeah. yeah. And he sent me this article uh, talking about, I think, was it, what does he call it? A rival fallacy, I want to say. And just the, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. oxymorons that happen when you reach a goal. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the, the best athletes I know are the ones that, like training more than racing or more than competing yeah they like the the process more than the 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 exam that mm -hmm. happens every mm -hmm. however week or whatever yeah. it is so anyway or they like they like everything but, about it i i think liking the like i really enjoy dieting for something like mm -hmm. having a purpose behind mm -hmm. the choices that i make i think is the real and we call that dieting but really all it is is hyper focused uh, objective yeah. like you're just like no if I eat this then this happens and if I eat this then that happens and I want this to happen so I can it's just it decides for me it's not even a hardship it's an enjoyment knowing that if I keep doing this and I keep doing that then I'll arrive here that and I, I think you're right if there is there's always this people want the arrival thing they just want the thing because we can buy everything else mm. like almost nothing needs to be earned yep and that's a really Hard, like that's that's a big problem for human nature it's like not earning something inherently takes away from the reason to have it yeah that's why i want to get into to real hunting it's yeah. it's mm. that has not been a part of my life we or my family's life <laughs> at all sorry we know a guy oh do you yeah um uh, several actually. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, who, I, one could, of, who could guide you through that process i mean if yeah. you're well, it, I mean, the reason it comes up is one of one of the folks I look up to most um, gets half of his animal protein for the entire year by taking an elk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just him describing the closeness that mm -hmm. he has with the meat that he mm -hmm. gets just can't be replaced. I mean, you go, do people even know what a sirloin is? No. Like, what part of the animal does that come from? I would love to. It would be a funny you know go down to downtown salt lake here and say what kind of animal does a sirloin come from like forget the fact like what part of the cow it is yeah, but yeah, just yeah, ask yeah. him like what yeah i bet not very many people would be able is to that answer the that. cellophane if... part where i open the <laughs> no it's it's a it dish comes, it's, a, it's something that's on the menu yeah exactly <laughs> yes it is on the menu but no, i think <laughs> we've, story. we've talked Mashed about the green beans with it yeah the yeah. detachment from our food yeah is a big we've talked about that a couple times and i uh, like I've also become hyper aware of like, man, this is, you take it for granted, you buy store-bought stuff and you just really don't understand where it came for or what it took to get it, um, which is awesome in this day and age that we don't have to think about food, mm. that we can turn in any which direction and head there and within and one minute we'll hit food. We can get that, more than we need. Yeah, that, yeah. that's a really <laughs> bizarre thing. Yeah. Um, it, and that that's a benefit to the overall longevity of the human species, but it's probably at a detriment. Like what's the cost of that? And I think the cost is what you're describing is like there, there's no attachment because once we attach to our source of food, we have to actually think about the care of what that source comes from. 
that that might be very you know hippie-ish i've heard uh, not if you're just eating plants well speaking of plants i i heard um a relatively reliable source from a relatively reliable source that the regulations surrounding produce organic versus mm-hmm. non take an apple for example an organic apple can only be de- be defined as organic if it was picked within six months of it going to the store so an apple could be picked five months and 30 days before it goes to the store and be an organic apple. I mean, obviously, there's other things like yeah, pesticides, yeah, yeah. lack of yeah, pesticides, yeah. that sort of thing. But you could buy an organic apple out of the store and feel accomplished based on your decision. That apple could have been picked for five plus months beforehand. Easily, yeah. Like, that's crazy to and me. Then, and then ripened. Yeah. Ripened, right. Picked so Ooh. early that it wasn't even close to being ripe. And then for, for non-organic apples, it can be a year by by yeah. regulation. Oh, interesting. Isn't that I'd, wild? Yeah. I just can't even fathom like there's so what I'm getting at is there's so much more to it than these labels of non-GMO organic. Yeah. Um, well, those labels don't describe the necessarily the quality that they're marketing more than anything. Like yes. You can charge more for it. And absolutely. Once something becomes marketable and we understand that there's a price difference, everybody will start to shift towards trying to get the higher line thing because it's also a socio status mm-hmm. problem, right? But I also, I want to get the, I don't want to get the cheapest thing. I'm not going to go no. to um, <laughs> the, the food lab or whatever it is a place that, I guess it's food for less. Maybe yeah, yeah. with the number four in the food for less. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yes. Or or whatever, whatever. I'm not going to go there because because that doesn't is inconsistent with my my self image. Yeah, yeah. But I'm also yeah. can't shop at Whole Foods the entire time because that's, that's inconsistent with my fucking bank account. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but somewhere I want to try and make a decision that I that I can believe contributes to my health. Mm-hmm but is also consistent with the image that I have yeah. of myself and the image that I want to portray to others. Yeah. Yeah, overall as soon overall. as you, I, as soon as I realize that the most, um, pesticided, I don't know if that's a word, yeah. most mm-hmm. sprayed apple and an organic apple from whatever grocery store, those two are far closer together than an organic apple from a grocery store and the farmer's market. Yeah. yeah. That kind of blew my mind. And then when you tell people yeah. like, yeah. If you want to truly have a strong grasp on where your food comes from uh, and that it's fresh, you have to go to a farmer's market for everything. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, that shit gets really complicated. Yeah, it's really hard. Really yeah. hard. Uh, oh, yeah. And it's a wonderful modern. Because it's only on Saturday. It's a modern It's a <laughs> <Here>. modern <laughs> marvel, our, our food industry. But um, I think it's pretty misunderstood. But the level of tell. disassociation yeah. from the, the, the actual products the you know mm-hmm. the actual food s- sources and how mm-hmm. they're it's the the level of disassociation is quite i mean there's a big gulf there mm-hmm. and the but, and then if you go to the farmers market you're getting closer um for sure you get to you we know. still don't know everything. And, and to be fair, exactly. I have a problem with people yelling at both sides. Yes. Right? It's like such if, a luxury problem. It for sure is. It's such a luxury problem. And that's why, like, with GMOs, for example, yeah, yeah. I had an ex-girlfriend who wrote uh, a college thesis on this where she basically was defending GMO foods and the yeah. fact that it has 
saved entire populations yes, yeah, in third world countries. Yeah. And preservatives, all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's my problem is like you, <laughs> this gets into kind of a, a whole economic view, trying to be realistic about what we're actually doing here. Because if you want, let's say we want the human species to flourish, right? Which means breeding more humans, which means higher populations, which means decimating basically resources. By saying that it's okay for people to reproduce, you're saying essentially you're taking on the timeline that our species can survive on this planet. And you're taking, you're, you're then also saying that, man, we're going to have to engineer scientifically a way for all of these people to get calories. That's not talking about the health and optimal wellness of these people. You're just talking about survivorship, right? Like these people are just going to survive, which case, man, manufactured fast food, all that stuff becomes really relevant because that's the way to get a population to live, not optimally, but to exist, I should say. And what I noticed from like traveling around the world is, and I said this to Mark because I laughed. I was in a in a store in Peru, in a grocery store, and we're trying to find like stuff that was safe to eat. Mm. And what I noticed is, man, all this stuff is really sweet. Mm. Everything is so sweet. Everything has sugar in it. Yeah. Like all the prepackaged foods that I can kind of say like, hey, that probably doesn't have bacteria in it because it's packaged or whatever. Um all of it is loaded with sugar. And what I realize is every country I've been to, that some of the poorest countries that I've been to, the poorer the country, the sweeter the food is. Mm. Because, and this is something that Mark said um, quite a while ago, it's like there's, there's three addictions to society. Opiates, a salary, and sugar. Huh, interesting. Because sugar is the cheapest pacifier of an economy it really is like whenever there's something that doesn't sell well we add sugar to it and sell it <laughs> like we, or you know we're always trying to take the exhaust of something and sell it as a food product mm. if and we use silicone as a food product uh and it's generally regarded as safe because it's filler and we use i mean that's essentially if we track down the history of whey protein or soy protein or tofu all these things were exhaust from other foods because we're trying to find other ways to feed people we're not trying to find ways to get people healthy with food we're just trying to feed more and more population so this is a really weird paradox where you go if you want society human beings to flourish optimally in their life and have an existence that is you know more uh, centric on well-being you're probably going to be into population control. Sorry. That's a really tough thing to face. If you're into people flourishing by, you know, you want the species to have more of it. Rampant reproduction. Yeah. You're going to be into chemically modified food in order to support these populations. You can't have one without the other. So there's in one regard, there's, you know, people driving around their Priuses preaching, you know, grass fed locally, whatever, they're also at the same time stating don't have kids and don't reproduce because mm. that becomes the important feature. Mm. What they're not saying is probably more important than what they are saying. Fair enough. Ouch. And they're driving in the left lane. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that Prius commercial though, where it's like the cool Prius since that fleet of black. I do what would be what is the what is the or is prius already what's, plural what's the like collect, <laughs> what i want to know is what the collective noun name is 
be a flock of Prius? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Swarm. Uh, uh, it's a swarm of Prius. Yeah, for sure, it's fucking annoying. <laughs> for sure, it's a swarm. It's just way too many. Like whatever you can call a whole bunch of cockroaches together, that's what a whole <laughs> bunch of pre i are together. <laughs> I don't remember that commercial, but yeah. I man, people bitch about Prius a lot. It's an easy target, but it's one. Of, it's like the shoes that look like feet. It's yeah, just like you're not. You're, you're not a mad. Yeah. You're not mad about the the um yeah. the 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 the, the, the Toshu, you'll or notice, the, or the you'll or, notice or Sam the, doesn't wear them here anymore. It's <laughs> pretty good. nice. I was pretty vocal. Yeah, but it's but it's funny. It's never it's never the thing. It's the it's the the user of the thing and the way they proselytize about having the thing mm. and about how important it is to have the thing. Yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of funny, like that you mentioned hunting your own food. There, there's really there's this thing that's misunderstood about getting your own food. Like you're either you have to be on like some kind of spectrum to be on that scale, but there's no one like in the middle. It's like yeah, I hunt once a year, so I can have at least you know I can supplement fifty percent of my food, yeah. so I can at least remove some of my cost or strain, and I'm parted, I'm connected to this process. I understand it better. There's an emotional tie. Yeah. I can't say that I've killed anything other than a mouse, um, but I've been looking into it for the past couple of years because I think you're right. Like this is something that. The more conscious you are about how you live and how you exist, the more you're going to start asking questions like, yeah. where does my food come from? Like, how do I get it? Why am I, why don't I know about this? Yeah. Like, how come I'm taken out of this process of what it's like to gut, you know, an elk? Like, that doesn't seem like an easy thing to do. And if I'm skipping that step, it means I'm missing part of this thing. Like, I'm not one to, you know, volunteer and be like, yeah, I'm going to just start, cut around the butthole and just start fucking that thing up. But I probably should know how to do it. Yeah. And the you know the emotional things that I go through in doing that are probably really important to being human. And if I miss that, I probably can't say that I'm human. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. There's a that the, I'm good, I'm the image that. <laughs> the image you just uh, uh, developed there for us regarding pulling the guts out of mm. an elk reminded me of a glorious Instagram account that I just started following <laughs> called real with two L's underscore nature. And you know, I, on Instagram, sometimes if there's sensitive material, it'll yeah, be yeah, blurred yeah, out. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. Just like an eye thing is every post almost, this, almost every okay. And it's, <laughs> it's like the, it, the medical ones that I follow. Uh, They're always blurred. <laughs> and I'm just like, Oh, this is going to be good. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like the animal planet, but all of the stuff, that they cut yeah. so that yeah. kids can watch it. So, for example, the one I watched today, there's this... Here's oh. the wildebeest frolicking with the lion. Exactly. There's a, there's <laughs> cut a to hawk. commercial. <laughs> there's a hawk that has uh, pinned a pit viper to a road. Mm. And the pit viper is still like trying to get a bite of this yeah. hawk. And the hawk just reach in, reaches in with a talon, pulls part of the flesh back from the snake and just pulls all of the guts out slowly and you see the snake just writhing still alive and that thing stays quote unquote alive for far too long like far longer than you want to be watching and it's just this incredible image and every single post is like that so if there's people out there that are into that sort of thing and want to be more in touch with how nature really works there's a good account for you (laughs) I think that's important to do because we have this thing about morals and ethics and we hold up these standards about what is good and evil and we can only do so by ignoring a ton of shit that actually happens in the world well the only way we can we can decide good or evil is if we remove nature 
Like, what do you mean? We we you have to ignore um, natural pressures. The universe's natural pressure. Mm. Um, and we could start at the smallest thing about how you know killer whales throw seals around for enjoyment before they kill them, or a bear eating the guts out of a deer and not killing it humanely, or a bear eating cubs because it's not his lineage, mm. or a lion eating its cubs because it's forgot that it's his lineage Fuck. and it's hungry. <laughs> like when you look, there is no such thing as evil in nature. There is no morality tied to it. Mm. Yeah. And then if you go up to the macro scale, when a fucking black hole swallows an entire solar system, is that evil? Even though it decimates everything right. that was in that space? No, it's but just... But it might be turning it into positive energy it, <laughs> wherever it's going. Like in the digestive I system of the black think, hole. I, I don't, don't think <laughs> entropy works like that, but, but if it could... You just spit it out the other side into the white or the, the, the lighter universe? <laughs> well, that, that like would it, be like a wormhole, that? not a black hole. If a black okay. hole ended up being a wormhole, it would have to, I think if I get this correctly, it would have to concentrate mass and that mass would have to expand out the other side and it would become a universe in its own right. Have you watched Man in the High Castle at all? That no. show? Okay. It's on Amazon Prime. It's okay. uh, it's a hypothetical world in which Nazi Germany won the war. Oh, okay, yeah, I've heard of it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it deals with parallel universes. Perfect. And okay. Anyway, bizarro worlds. It's. I mean, um, have you have you Shit. watched AO or OA? Yeah, OA. No, that's on Netflix. That one's very very similar. Um, it's obviously some rampant psychedelic use going into the creation <laughs> of that thing because they okay. nailed some things dead on. Like the, the the visuals in it, you're like, oh, okay, I've seen that. Yeah, so that, <laughs> more like I've been there. <laughs> okay, uh, but really cool story talking about the same thing in the split. And this is this is something that I well we talk about often is like that split of dimension, uh, this weird like in between dimension thing. If the multiverse is true, then you should be able to access it through. Yeah. Whatever, because it is all one place, but it's all not the same place. I love the... Uh, Didn't Robert Monroe sort that out? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love right. how the... This could be getting far too into the weeds, but I... I, I there is no was weed patch lucky, too far. <laughs> I was lucky enough to go to a school where in high school we got to play with quantum physics just some. Yeah. And it... Uh, I learned just enough that I that I wanted to keep learning some. Mm. And I love how, to an extent, in that world, the more we think we learn, mm-hmm. the more we don't know. Mm-hmm. And the idea of God, higher mm-hmm. power, whatever, almost becomes more and more necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And that just fascinates me because it's, it's such it's an oxymoron in some ways like the deeper you go into science quote unquote Mm -hmm. the further away you get from it in some ways yeah i think what's shocking to me and this was beyond the boundary like the limits of reason there's a really good book written Mm -hmm. under that same title and it basically goes yeah yeah, there's stuff that you know we don't know we know and it goes over all these but there's some things that we know we could never know Uh just based off of calculations and one of them that's really mind-blowing is the traveling salesman problem okay like it is. It rings a bell, but remind me. So mathematically, it's like, okay, you have a, a salesman that wants to map some territories, and he's trying to map out a route that has the least distance between like 10 cities or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the exponent that goes into that is more computational computer power than will ever exist in quantum mechanics. Just to figure out the shortest distance oh. takes so much 
algorithmic math just for to, 10 cities just for 10 cities interesting it is i think for six cities it breaks it for wow. six cities it becomes 10 to the 50th which is improbable <laughs> and you're like that doesn't make any sense like yeah. that seems like a real that seems like something a math guy could look it's yeah. this yeah. it's not oh it's for sure something a sales guy could figure out <laughs> but, <laughs> because what? that motherfucker is like looking at his bottom line but then and that motivation right there makes him a math fucking genius but then how, and geography but then how they tried to solve it was really fucking crazy because in, if we can't do it mathematically we know biologically something could solve this so they used bees to try to solve it uh, and then what they mapped so they they put uh these infrared so dyes cool. on bees and tracked it with this special camera and they put these flowers that were blooming in different locations oh, and brilliant. within a day the bees had the shortest route between them hell yes love that and you're like what in the fuck is going what, on? Yeah. Okay, fuck math. That makes yeah. me love the world. Yeah, yeah, it's super bizarre. Not that I struggle to do that anyway, but that sort of stuff. So and quantum much mechanics, I think, is uh, like I, I, I rarely speak on it because I don't want to get it wrong and I don't right. understand it like somebody who should understand right, it. Right, but right. one of the concepts that I like more than anything, and I guess what they're trying to solve by string theory, is that these things contradict each other. Like right. <laughs> relative physics and quantum physics are complete opposites. Right. They can never fix together, yet they're both true. And yet we as humans are, are trying to always find this one singular truth. Right. And yet here, faced with it, a fact that there is not one truth. Yeah. 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 It's like right there in front of us. Yeah. And yet we're still like, I got to put it together. I got to yeah. like smash these ideas. Yeah. You, you can't. Yeah. There's two truths. Yeah. <laughs> and they're both true. Or more than two or there, yeah. there are the two that yeah. have been identified uh, yeah and probably both of them are wrong one of the <laughs> things that i think like one of the things i really appreciate um is arrogant scientists thinking that we know most of what the universe is about and then the ones that are really honest and are like we have no fucking idea yeah and like yeah. half the shit that we know will probably be wrong in at least 20 years yeah. and the other half is probably wrong in 10 years <laughs> <laughs> and if yeah. And if you don't believe, like the, the, the science on medical school, it's like when you enter medical school, 40% of it will be different when you exit medical school. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even now. Even, yeah, even now. So, so going to the old guy mm. is my, probably is the wrong He might be a good find for a GP, but not a specialist. Yes yeah. and no, though, because one <laughs> thing I, I appreciate about my dad is uh, he was an ER doctor for 35 mm. plus years. Nice. And he... ER, that is a special... Like, to stay in that mm, for that long, that's... Well, special. and I'll tell you how he did it. But um, he... His medical philosophy and method is just common sense and he's seen so much that his level of common sense is incredible it it is the his ability to intuit things Mm -hmm. and solve things without running tests unless it's like legally required is astounding and so uh i think sometimes the old doctor is the way to go but the way he the way he did that for thirty five years is um, so growing up, <clears throat> we grew up comfortably, but I never felt like we had extra money. Mm-hmm. And now now and then, 
in hindsight, it's super weird, but I would get a comment from someone saying, oh, you know, it must be nice to, to grow up on an ER doctor's salary. And I was always a little confused by that because I didn't feel like it was <laughs> like ER doctors. <laughs> yeah, His shoes was, are from Payless. <laughs> <laughs> and and some of his uh, some of his coworkers, other ER doctors, you know, were driving Mercedes and playing mm-hmm. golf every weekend. And he was driving an 87 Toyota Tacoma and Fuck yeah. taking his kayak places. And it wasn't until last year that I learned that from day one, so ER, ER doctors get paid by the shift. From day one, he decided he was just going to work half the shifts so that he could go on vacation twice the amount uh, of time. Yes. He could drive me to every race I wanted to go to. Yeah. He could go do a first descent on some river in Central America, whatever it was. And ha- turns out half an ER doctor's salary is still enough to raise a family on. And if he's getting and to, cool if shit. he's getting to play twice as much, fuck the Mercedes. So oh yeah, today we're driving. Uh, we're going to go to the lake today. So we ran up to Jordanelle to go do some paddle boarding. It didn't work out, but on our way up, we stopped at a gas station, and my stepdaughter, she's eleven, and she was like, "There's like five boats filling up fuel," and we're talking like these massive fucking speedboats, like they're glittered out and like <laughs> fucking speakers. And she's like, "Oh, that would be so fun." And I was like, "Oh, really?" And I was like, they're all being hauled by dually fucking $80,000 trucks. It was probably a $190,000 boat. I was like, so equally, that stuff collectively is probably, let's say we can finance it. That stuff's probably about 4500 bucks a month if we just finance it fully. And that doesn't include the house that we live in or the car and all the time that we have to spend. But if you're driving that truck and that boat, you got an idea of what the house is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Also yeah. unaffordable. So let's just assume that their overhead is eight grand a month, right? How much time does it take to make $8,000 a month? Let's say make 100 bucks an hour. Like, just do the math. Now, how much time do you have left over to enjoy your fucking boat for the two hours on a Saturday? Are you still fucking having fun? Because mm. now you're worried you're going to hurt that boat because yeah. it cost you so much and you financed it. And you're it. fucking upside so, down on it already. <laughs> yeah, the interest rate means that you can't get out of it what you, it's worth. And like, by the time I broke this math down, she's like, Okay, we can just go do the paddleboarding. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm just like, what is fun? Like what? And what you just described is somebody who totally understood what fun is, which is not roller coaster fun, which isn't we fun. I enjoyed this stupid thing that I paid for, and it lasted a minute and ten seconds. Yeah, it's experiential yeah. fun. Fun is being in the Amazon, being like, oh fuck, I might die. Fun is. Like watching your kid give effort, like that is fun in the sense that, fuck, I'm not working as much in order to actually experience these things. Yeah, I'm going to have a tough time, you know, explaining why we drive an 86 Tacoma to my kid who thinks, you know, that year 2000 is a cooler Tacoma, (laughs) but he'll get it. Like eventually you'll get it. My dad did it to me because... We were always sailing, and I fucking hated sailboats because everybody's flying past us on a powerboat, jet skiing, having a fucking great time. And we were like miserable, fucking no wind today, sitting in the sun. I was like paddling on a catamaran kind of deal. And now it took me, you know, 20 years to figure out how much fun that was. Mm-hmm. And I, like he, the whole time he said and it. Does anybody who blew by you in their speedboat remember that moment? Probably not even like a little bit. Any yeah. of those experiences. And my dad yeah. could do that stuff because he would work a minimal amount of time. He would live on a minimal amount of food and a minimal amount of everything. Like I, he had these pair of Patagonia pants for like 25 years and I used to make fun of him for it. And he was like, yeah, they're good pants. Yeah. I only paid for them once. Yeah. 
to be fair, I should I should mention that I'm not that well adjusted yet. Yeah. I hope that <laughs> I'm not either. I, yeah, I, I bought oh, a waste money. Yeah, I yeah. bought a stupid car, and I hope that one day I will have my dad's wisdom. Sure. I think when he was my age, I'm pretty sure he had a dumb car also. No, so we do all you, do it. Yeah. Do you enjoy your fuck? Yes. What, what okay. Is the, what is I cannot wait car? to get home and drive like an idiot. <laughs> what What is the car in question? Uh, it's a Jaguar F Pace special edition one, nice. so it's got extra. Coming spice. from somebody who had an <laughs> X5M with 750 horsepower, I appreciate uh, yeah, the decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. May I recommend a road I, to you that is not far from where you live? Which? Well, that would be, uh, I believe it's Navajo Road Number Five. Oh, okay. That goes. So if you drive south from Farmington, yeah, on your way to Gallup, yeah. Like and you can go straight down and catch the highway or whatever, or you can just after you get up probably twelve or fifteen miles after you get out of Farmington, you get up on the plateau, you take a ride on this road. It is twenty-seven miles oh, to get over to the um, what is now four ninety-one used to be Highway six six six, but those. Yep. Um, is that the one with the 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 little kind of hummocks all the way? Yes. Yes. I had the most incredible experience driving that road one time. But sorry. And it, and it is a road. So in in our family, uh, Selena holds the the family speed record. The FKT. The FKT. Oh, no, 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 no. This is just peak speed. Reach, oh, oh, you know, max peak peak speed and photograph. The dashboard while it's happening. Fuck. Let's not do that part. Okay. So, <laughs> so there is a, so, after, you know, anyway. I don't know what city that was. I think it was in Arizona. I hit 159. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So she has the speed record on that road of, or for, for us of 151. Ooh. Um, with a, a stock Macan. Oh, wow. yeah. Okay. Yes. And so I buy the S4. And yeah. I'm like, I'm taking the fucking record back. And I go down. And Limiter, this is the day that I... No, not oh, even. Okay. Oh, dude, it was delivered in the U.S. with all-weather tires. Mm. So the governor is 130. Oh, motherfucker. So I, I am like... I'm just like, <laughs> babe, I'm taking the record today. And we get up there. And it's just like 130. And I'm like... <laughs> What's going on? I, I'm pressing. Oh, that had to have like, been so more crushing. The, oh, 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 no. It man. was... Ima- it was just like the... The boner was just like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll just put it in sport mode. That'll fix it. <laughs> Fucking nope. 130, same thing. Uh. I go to the, we had this whole argument before I finally, because I bought the car with 6,000 miles on it. And I'm just like, I don't want to avoid the warranty, mm. but I didn't buy the car mm. to have it tell me how to behave. Mm. <laughs> and so then I went and got the ECU remapped and now it's different, but I haven't been back to that particular road, mm. which, you know, I could probably do it here somewhere in Utah, but. Because it's a lighter vehicle, it has you know, yeah. I'm I'm up like sixty horsepower on her stock car. Yeah. Now. Family speed record. Oh uh, it's boy. just it's fucking hilarious though, because she just she just like I believe when she texted it to me, there was more of like a ha ha ha. Yeah 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 yeah. Like, yeah 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 yeah. Like yeah, or at least I projected t- my own insecurity into yeah. that oh, message. Yeah. Fully, yeah. I was myself. just like took two inches off the tip. I mean, I'm just <laughs> like immediately. <laughs> so anyway, long story short. Anyway, I'm so hope I'm, I, it's a phase. I will grow out of it, I'm sure. But there's some things, or maybe not. (laughs) Maybe not, and that'll be okay too. (laughs) It's not that you can't buy nice things. It's that the experience is more important than the thing. Yes, that that doing is better than just having. So my, I don't. I'm not going to say my dad was crushed when I made the decision, but I think he, you know, he he would have preferred that I not spend my money on that. 
but I, I, it legitimately makes me happy every single time I get in it. Yeah, like, for sure. Very happy. Yeah, fucking perfect. And he knows that, and so he's okay with it. I would also say that you, you have a profession that provides you the things that he had to seek outside of his. Mm. And that is different. Like True. My, and this is, this is one of the things that my, like, I'll excuse my own purchases this way too, because I have <laughs> some ridiculous fucking purchases. <laughs> Uh, like whenever I get into a subject, I just get all the way in it. Yeah, um, yeah. But my profession for many years allowed me all the experiential shit that he had to do extracurricular. Like he was an ele- a master electrician by trade, so he had to do certain things and work certain jobs for um, concentrated amounts of time. And then he could take time off and do all the things that he loved. And then he started investment portfolios, and he was he's much more intelligent than me at doing that. I've just organized my life in a way that it feeds into one or the other. Like my job feeds this stuff that we do producing things means that I constantly have to have experiences so I can keep producing yep. things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Right. And yeah, I see absolutely. you pull up in the van and I go, fuck yeah. He's <laughs> a, he, you got the answer. Like you're doing the thing just because you have a nice car and you can afford it doesn't mean uh, you're you're not financing a boat, an RV, and these experiences because you're trying to make up for the amount of time that you stare at a cubicle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. Um, I think that's a very important differentiation. I mean, the the I just like going fast so Fuck much, yeah. no matter no matter yeah. what it is. So and next time you're out here, we know the guys over at this race shop. They can uh-huh. set up an experience for us. Uh huh. And they'll start us on the on the beginner, which is a Ford Fiesta, uh-huh. but it's fucking fully kitted I'm out. Sure, I'm sure. Roll yeah. cage, everything. Two hundred fifty yeah. bucks a day. We go out. We have the whole day with them. They provide lunch, Easy. everything. It Easy. is fucking awesome. I, I'm in. I'm in. Also, <laughs> yeah. th- this needs to this needs to happen. Pictures, of, yeah. Because I was Make about it an experience. Let's make, yeah. Monday. <laughs> They're open. <laughs> it's the first. I can I can call them and schedule. It's I think it's the first Tuesday of every month, okay. or maybe the okay. last Tuesday okay. of every month. We okay. might be good for August. Yeah. Okay. That could be cool. That I would love that, to. That could be and and if you were you know but on your way from Durango up to Sun Valley late August, that could be. Ooh. Oh yeah, true. I have a wedding that I need to attend. I'll be in a wedding. Oh, um, nice. So you will not be attending the RPI. This is there. actually, this is a fun, <clears throat> we're talking about having fun. This to me is fun. My schedule is um, uh, bachelor party. <laughs> the next day, this is for one of my best yeah. friends. The next day I fly to the mountain bike world championships, oh, not to race cross country mountain bike world championships. I've been asked by my bike sponsor to race the first ever, this might crush some people, e-bike world championships fuck yes <laughs> dude i'm into don't, it I'm don't, not, I, don't laugh me out of the room no i'm not going to I, because I, <laughs> I i race for a day fly back go to the wedding so i would love to go to rpi again of course but um it's going to be kind of a crazy like yeah yeah, yeah. succession of thing. events it sounds yeah, like yeah um yesterday ben treasure mm-hmm. episode can't remember the dog's episode. Um, so, so he's been, he's got a gravel bike. He's like, he signed up for the stage race. Oh, did he? He's been training Fuck, and everything. Serious. And, I mean, no, he hired a coach. He hired, he hired the passive aggressive coach. Oh, did he? Oh yeah. Joe Holmes, Mr. Joe Holmes. Yeah. Passive aggressive coach.com. I don't know if that points. <laughs> it should point to Joe's website. I don't know if I have done that yet or not, but anyway, um, so his wife, Lauren, she wasn't totally down with the whole gravel thing till he bought her, 
fucking e-gravel bike. Mm. Uh, and then he goes, it's like motor pacing on gravel. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And except then he, the pictures he sent me yesterday of, cause he was going a little bit too fast into a washboard section. And he said, and the next thing I knew I was on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And he just sent me a text just now and he's like, tagaderm. It's amazing. It is. It is. <laughs> Every, yeah. At least two or three times a year. I, I say, man, I should really get tagaderm as a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> so I keep having these these moments where people are like or, or like Keel mm. Ryan. Yeah, he's yeah. like, Yeah, I got my dad a, a fucking e bike. Yeah. And now he Nick can go Ryan. out yeah. and we can have he, he can see what it is that I do. Yeah, yeah. But there was no way otherwise he could actually have that. Yeah. There are sort people going outside to quote unquote ride a bike that wouldn't if it weren't for e yeah. bikes. Yeah. yeah. Um And I'm I'm I'm, there's part of me that's anti. And of there's course, part of me. Of course, there's part of me that's like one love embrace. Right, right, you know, right. Whatever. I, you know, I'm just like at the, I'm a walking hypocrite or dichotomy. Well, just the, I prefer, but, um, but but the idea is, like, man, more people can potentially have access to an experience that they wouldn't otherwise have. Right. Whether it gets them onto a real bike yeah. ever. And that improves the health of the nation and the weight of the nation, et cetera, or not. I don't give a fuck. It's just. It's worked like for me in one it's, respect. It's G, it, because. Well, because my client with, got yeah. an e-bike and I was like, oh, cool. You know, he had a really nice S-Works bike and I was like, I want to ride that thing. But his, his plan was like, I'll have both of them. That way on days that I'm like, you know, I can't go that far. I can take the e-bike. So I'd go to ride with him and I take his s works bike and he takes the e-bike and about halfway up the first climb he's like oh the battery's dead <laughs> so i get to ride the dead really battery heavy fucking 50 pound oh. bike up this climb while he suffers in a much similar way on the normal bike yeah. but he does it because he knows my situation is way worse <laughs> again an e-bike got him out of the fucking house yeah. and riding a bike uphill although i had to pay for that and you fucking emp'd him Shut down his e-bike once he was. That's hilarious. That, Actually, that, that was, being said, that thing going downhill is fucking beautiful. It's got Oline suspension on it. Oh, it yeah. is like holy shit. That was buttery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was a yeah, really yeah, yeah. nice ride, and it's heavy, so it's smooth. And it's, I mean, it's dude. I'm it's getting more fitness cars. out of my gravel bike, absorbing all those shocks in my shoulders and <laughs> chest. And but I'm having way more fun. <laughs> Fuck that. It's not about fun, man. <laughs> It's never about that. It's all about suffering. <laughs> they are taking cars off the road. Well, maybe not too many in the U.S. yet, but I mean in Europe, they're oh, taking yeah, yeah, cars sure. off the road. Yeah. Just while, while I was in Jackson, the number of people commuting between Teton Village yeah. and Jackson on e-bikes was mind-blowing. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. In Europe, it was tons. a serious thing. Like, yeah. Even uh, even in uh, even in uh, Mallorca, like, there's just e-bikes everywhere. We saw Fuck. it. Yeah. It's what bike brands are selling the most of right now. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Then mountain bikes, then gravel bikes, road bikes, nada. Yeah, I, I would have to. I would say that that that's probably how it should be. With like just the aspect of how people are are driving, like it, dude, yeah. it's insanity well, on a road bike. Just, let's just say that it's also how it should be, because the greatest amount of skill mm. to operate and benefit from is required by the road bike. Yeah, uh, the, so, yeah, the awareness. least yeah. by the e-bike. Ooh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and I, I mean, just P.S. Have you seen the new Pinarello gravel bike? 
Mm-hmm. It is fucking good looking. Really? No, yeah, I, I, I have some bikes I need to sell before I, think I start three, looking at I saw other. the 3T and I was like, ooh, oh, fuck the, yeah. Like that, that Exploro. Yeah, that is a really good looking bike. It's, nothing's going to top that. And then I saw, well, I saw the Open first. And I was like, the Open, that's a good looking bike. And then I saw that one. Now I saw the Pinarello. I'm like, I'm not a Pinarello person, mm. but that thing is fucking good looking. <laughs> and the new Trek one is good too. What, what is checkpoint? The, yeah, yeah. Jesus. People yeah. are coming out with nice bikes. I yeah. fucking love the, the checkpoint video with Keel. Yeah. That one's so actually, good. Yeah. It's, it's so fucking good. Awesome, so, good. Huh? so I had, I had a conversation. <laughs> I don't know if I should be saying this or not, but I had a conversation, uh, with Trek, uh, working out my contract. Um, cause I'm up for re up this year. Just a couple days ago, I had this conversation with him. And uh, they said, so what are, you, what are your other requests? And I said, I want to do videos like you did with Keel. That was fucking yes! badass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they're like, we could look into that. <laughs> that is That's, pretty cool. <laughs> we should do one for you. Yeah. Like, we should do one. We have, a, we, have a, we have a guy that shoots a bunch of stuff for us. And yeah. uh, in, in terms of the e-bike thing, having him tell his story about mm-hmm. his dad, Jeremy Jones, talking yeah. about like rec- injury, injury recovery yeah. and, and that kind of thing. It's like. Fine, fine. I don't think I would buy <laughs> Damn one. It. I'll stand maybe that's what in we front of do. the tank. What we should try to <laughs> do is we should try to do a f- like an e-bike <laughs> trying to keep up with him on white rims. So you know what's going to be hilarious? <laughs> you know what's going to be that hilarious? Didn't go well for the last guys. It didn't. <laughs> you know what's going to be hilarious is uh, so this inaugural e-bike world championships. Mm. Yeah. What? Tell us what. It's going to be the best in the world racing each other on e-bikes. It's it's going to be absolute carnage. Imagine like Nino Schurter, Yaroslav yeah. Kulhavi, like those guys are racing. I'm told. Can you imagine how fast the field of that be, yeah. on e-bikes? No. So like I cannot. How long is the course? Uh, it's the traditional World Championships. Oh, okay. UCI, so it's it's a little like 3k lap. But imagine what happens when. You have typically people are doing 500 watts up a climb and now it's 900 on all the climbs. (laughs) It's going to be all of a sudden bike handling going uphill gets a very significant. That's what I'm I'm wondering. It's like the reaction time and all that stuff gets exponentially more difficult, right? Like people look at it like, oh, duh. No, the effort goes up every time. This is, I think, something... People in CrossFit don't understand this. They're trying to make things so complex and so hard that they're hard. And you're like, if you just start a timer and tell people the winner gets a clap, it's fucking hard. It doesn't matter. And so it doesn't matter the tool. It's just like you're just going to see people rise to the occasion. Yeah. I just want to see people fucking juicing it into the rock garden. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like- yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been riding an e-bike some as I'm beginning to get yeah. ready for this thing and to feel the weight and it is a completely different skill set. Oh, I and imagine there's, there's governors on them. Yeah. yeah so yeah. the engine, uh, cuts off 17 miles. An hour? Uh, it depends. I think 20 ish oh, okay. typically, but when you're a pro level rider, the key to going fast in some sh- sections is to turn the motor off. Like that's oh, a, that's yeah, a major yeah. advantage. So all of a sudden you have all of these variables about, okay, how do I handle my bike when it's, weighs closer to a motorcycle now instead yeah. of a, a bike and then when do i actually turn off the motor when do i run the motor and it, it be, it's it's barely bike racing to an extent is, yeah. is yeah. there i guess the equivalent of the jbray i mean like it can can you 
keep the motor engaged but get off the gas and have it actually put resistance into the rear wheel? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm still still learning. I haven't okay. ridden one much, but yeah, it, it's definitely a completely different skill hmm. component. Yeah. It'll be. It's a fun new challenge. Oh, I mean, they're not going do, anywhere, so I'd rather be a well, part no, of the, history. The, the yeah, fucking right? genie is out of the bottle. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly. Not like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, they they're obviously useful to people, especially commuting wise. It just makes sense, mm-hmm. and at least it's a little bit of human effort. Like yeah. at least it's something. It's not sitting in a car. Yeah, it's a lot of human effort. You just go a hell of a lot faster. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, yeah, depending on who you are. Yeah, yeah, depending on who you are. Yeah, I I kicked it on for one climb, and I was like. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> this is <laughs> awesome. I feel like a total badass. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, this is what it feels like to be pro. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! So actually, when I the time that I was over at Contender, and um, so Ryan, who uh, Littlefield owns the shop, who owns Contender, he's like, "Here, take my phone." I'm like, "What do I need your phone for?" And he goes, "You're going to need this phone in order to ride this bike." Oh no! <laughs> and so because he had the the, the bike slate right. his phone or whatever right, right, right. and or that's how it turned on and this and that and and uh um so he 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 put me on and he goes this is what it's like the, what you're about to feel is what it would feel like to do your first cycle of epo <laughs> <laughs> and so i go out i step on the pedals and this fucking bike takes off like a rocket and i'm just like if this is what EPO feels like. No, I was like, are you selling me I the bike or do you have drugs? <laughs> it's like, I need a new doctor because this is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the crazy part is, I mean, EPO adds what, like 10, 20% or whatever. These things just straight up double your power. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. Anyway. You guys hungry? I'm getting pretty hungry. How long have we been? Holy shit, it's 7.30. Yeah. yeah. Let's get some food. That was like Rogan status, three hour. That's pretty close. Not quite. Two and a half. Yeah, Yeah, we're coming up on, well, yeah, we're going to be 2.45. That's pretty good. But I want to save enough for it because you got to do your podcast. Yeah. So you got to keep something in the tank. All right. Thanks, y'all. That Um, was fun. Yeah, thanks for coming. That was really fun. We didn't even talk about like the shit that I wanted to talk about. It never ends up how we think. And that's usually a good thing. And it goes back to what you said in the beginning. Is the sooner I close my notebook, the better. Yeah. Or the earlier. There were I literally guess. no notebooks. Yeah. No, well, I had one podcast. just in case I, oh. you know, but. I wanted I to remember something. Yeah. yeah. I have a bad All memory. right. So in an ongoing series. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> number Indeed. two was pacing. Indeed. Kelvin. Awesome. Yeah. Um, you're you're we, plus one. I need to even up yeah. later today. <laughs> where can we find you? Uh, I'm at Payson McKelvin on everything, including okay. the website, PaysonMcKelvin.com, which, um can link you to the podcast which is one of the honestly so, so some of the, the guests so you've had so you opened with reggie miller uh-huh. which yeah. was stout by yeah. the way that's yeah. like okay i'm here <laughs> how do you like me now yeah um and a couple the number of like list off a couple number, i could number read of down guests, the list here yeah i have because, so, i don't want to say names that we haven't released yet yeah no I've just ones that, with, just but, ones that you've released because because uh, they are interesting let's see here. is the photographer chris picard chris yeah Bercard, chris Bercard, he was, he was yeah. the second one fuck that trip that he and renan and mm. taylor and that crew just did yeah fuck me all right so we have some beautiful beautiful <laughs> part of the world yeah and plus chris and we had, and, and it comes up in the podcast with with uh, with Payson, is his penchant for these long endurance events. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that that sort of bike race or whatever enduro something fondo in around Iceland yeah. that he just did, and yeah, like smashed Dude, the record. Fuck. 
What a fucking stud. He's a he's a, yeah, he's a monster. Um so yeah, Reggie Miller, Chris Burkhard, Julie Furtado was a really interesting one. She's yeah. uh uh, she, she was is, Miss. I mean, the world champion. She won numerous times. She only had a six-year career. Okay, and in those six years, she was knocked out by lupus when mm. she was twenty-nine. But oh. uh, in in those six years, she won uh, five national titles and like three world title. Completely absurd. Like packed in. Um, incredible uh, accolade. Camille LeBlanc Bazinet was yeah. number five. Kate Courtney, the current Mountain Bike World Champion, yeah. six. We had a fun one on episode seven. Uh, Sepp Kuss, who just raced the Giro d'Italia earlier this year and yeah. won, a, it won Tour of Utah. Uh, my roommate and uh, toughest competitors, Howard Grotz, who went to the Rio Olympics in 2016, and Chris Blevins, who uh, was second at the World Championships last year. We're all good buddies. The four of us just sat in my living room, and I think we drank like 24 beers between the three of us and didn't really talk about bike racing. And it was definitely a three-hour podcast, and definitely only the first hour and a half got published. Nice. Um, seven. Uh, <laughs> okay, so you need to have the secret password encrypted website. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. <laughs> uh, had Tommy Caldwell in for the seventh. Oh, yeah. Boy. How um, did that happen? How did you like, connect uh, with Sasha DeJulian? Okay, yeah, I think maybe it was through Red Bull because they helped produce Don Wall. Oh right, uh, right. that okay. might have been it. I can't remember. Gary that Fisher was a, was a fun one. He, uh, to some, invented the mountain bike. Who else? Yeah, I like, I like to, how you to some. That, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. To most, I would say. <laughs> to the to other people that Isn't were there during that time, you know, like. Isn't there some breezer thing? Or exactly. Yeah. 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 Maybe. Uh, did one with Sasha. That was fun. Chris Cosentino, who's a celebrity chef. So it's been good. It's been it's been uh, just fun. I I want to be better about having fewer athletes. Honestly. Yeah. Okay. Um, because it, it's low hanging fruit. I have sure. Yeah. Easy yeah, access to athletes, and I do genuinely enjoy learning from them. But moving forward, we're going to try to make it a little more diverse. I think. Nice. So. Well, thanks for coming on our show. Why Heck yeah. 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 <laughs> Way fun. Yeah. In, in the development of relationship, friendship, whatever, over the court, you know, the last 11 or 12 months, which is like, yeah, the next fun. conversation we have is going to be, going to be good. <laughs> yeah. It might involve yeah. So thank you. track day. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Could we do no. a podcast from inside the cockpit? Ooh, while driving around the track. <laughs> I think we no can. Reason, no reason yeah, not to. Yeah, mics. Yeah. I could probably work that out. Oh boy, that'd yeah. be funny. Or on an e-bike, rolling around, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably the only way that you know we'll ever go for a ride together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Have to get a People always e-bike. say that. I, I just love riding my bike. Seriously, yeah. I mean, yeah. I I ride with children and have a nice. great time doing it. There's some really good trails around here. We lo- our neighborhood that we're in has 148 miles of single track, and oh, wow. it's beautiful up there. That's enough. That'll yeah. keep you busy. It's right out. Of, I've never. I have been riding there for six years, and I haven't seen even half of it wow it's really bizarre yeah i love that there's good stuff out there yeah when your backyard is that vast yeah it's a good problem yeah it's cool well thank you for coming we'll uh see you next time yeah thanks for showing me the digs i'll be back